Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. Uh, your new album is out. I have to go directly to a question that I've been thinking. I've been listening to this uh, all week. On one of the songs uh, called Deitura, mm. you whisper the names of different herbs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like natal plum, Mexican bush sage, gumbo limbo, golden shrimp, Belize shrimp, weeping sabiku. Plutoria blue pea. Okay, blue pea. All right. Yeah. And uh, why do you do this? What, 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 what herbs are they? They're all in my garden. Are they? Because that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but that's before the hurricane. And now they're not in my garden. But the hurricane, uh, uh, is, was it in your garden in England or in... Uh... Uh, in the tropics. In the tropics? In, in Florida, yeah. Oh, okay. Are you kidding? I couldn't live in England all the time. I'd shoot those people. Okay. <laughs> why? <laughs> they drive me nuts. I mean, I, I'm married to one. Yeah. But... <laughs> Because you're an American artist, but you're yeah. married to a Brit- British man, yeah. and you're living in Cromwell. Yeah. But these herbs you had in your garden in uh, Florida. Yeah, Before- including datura. Okay. Which is a wonderful hallucinogen. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to come to. Prova inte detta hemma. How do you prepare it? Well, this is one that I haven't done because if you have too much um, of the elixir from the stamen when you put it in water, then you die. Okay. Definitely don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just poof. Yeah, okay. But the other are just regular herbs and spices, or? Yeah, and flowers and... Yeah. So you're really a gardener? No, no, I have gardeners. <laughs> okay, you're rich. I've yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. You're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts. I'm Efred Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on this episode, we're talking about Detura, the ninth track from Tori's fifth album, to Venus and back. Hi, David. Hey, Eve. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? You ready to do some gardening? I'm pretty good. David, I want to say to you, come into my garden. Oh, my God. There's always a home for you in my garden. It doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. I'm in a very inclusive time in my life. I keep my garden open and free. <laughs> Would you say it's a community garden? A lot of things have been planted. A lot of seeds have been planted, mm. but now it is just a family garden. What do you wear when you cultivate your garden? I've never actually gardened with the purpose of gardening. <laughs> I've never gardened. <laughs> I haven't done what one might call gardening. Does anyone garden? They do, I have. I've gone to a garden party. Oh. That's lovely. I've gone to a beer garden. Beer garden? That's what this song is really about, I think. Do you enjoy gardening? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I just want to go back and say I do 
appreciate your open and inclusive spirit. Thank you. You know, I've turned a corner. I really feel like I've turned a corner in my old age. Mm. Remember when I got kicked out of TAF several years ago for creating the world's funniest memes? Which which time? Well, the first time. Okay, yes. <laughs> that set off all the other times. The first time I got kicked out of TAF for creating the Power of Orange Knickers meme that no one liked. Uh-huh. Well, part of my meme frenzy that day was... It was so sauceable, though. It was sauceable, which I agree is a word now. Mm, things we've learned. One of the memes I also created that day that did not receive its proper due. Not, And I'm not talking about the meme I created where it was the beauty of Spade, and it was David Spade, a picture of David Spade. The beauty of Spade. You get it? No? Okay. I'm sorry. I was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the beauty of spade and it was just him with his gorgeous hair anyway maybe i should i deserve to get kicked out for that one but one that i created was meryl streep screaming as the witch and in into the woods and i've just put hey get out of my garden oh my God. these were so dumb this memes were in their infancy in 2014 we didn't know how to do it we didn't know how to do it we we're like is this is this how you funny hey get out of my garden garden it's okay the best memes aren't appreciated in their own time mammologists we prefer mammologist mammologist mammographer <laughs> it's like you've got your stethoscope down to the earth and you're hunting a good meme you're a mammologist Mm-hmm. Look closer. Give me a mammogram. A memogram. Okay. Yeah, it's like you're hunting the body for memes. You need a memogram. Mapping the body. Mapping the body, David. I've always said that I think you could use a good memogram. I think so. At least once a year. Yeah. I've been trying to give you memogram for years. <laughs> I'm at that age where I have to start memogramming once a year. You are the original memogramist. <laughs> Because of Adita, your website, a dent in Tori's ass. Adita. I can't say that. It just makes me ick. But your original website, Adita, was the original Tori Amos meme. It makes me a little ick, too. Current day me would never name something that. Yeah, I can't marry that name with current day you, how I know you. I know, it's weird, huh? You clutch your pearls at the drop of a pant. (laughs) It's true. You clutch your pearls at the mere mention of intercourse. Is that true? Well, when you say intercourse... It's the phrase. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? How have you been? I've been pretty good. I'm a little intimidated by this song, I think. Well, I think we all are. I think everyone is. It's so girthy and impenetrable. It's earthy? Is that what you said? Girthy. girthy. Maybe, I mean, earthy too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's of the earth. Digging your hands into that Gaia. I have long desired to speak of this song. Long desired. How long would you say? Since 1999? Since we started the podcast in 2016, probably. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear what you have to say then. Well, I have major insight into it. You do? No. (laughs) I just thought I would set people up, you know? Yes, I have each of these plants tattooed upon my body. Actually, that's a new project. I may do that. I have to look at them first. Like going down your leg or where would you get them? Ooh, that's... I would probably get them all on my arm, like a sleeve. She might ask you to come up on stage if she ever performs this live so she can read it off your body. Oh, she could. Yes. So I should get them in order. I'd probably just get a list down my forearm. Just hold my forearm out. She's like passion vine, Texas sage. Do you think there's anyone out there who knows all of these plants in order without looking at the lyric book? Yes, I do. Do you know who they are? Are we going to have them on the show? We'll test the people that we do have on the show. I don't know if the ones that we have on the show, which we'll introduce here. I guess now's the great time to introduce them, right? Today on the show, we have three super fans of Daytura. 
first and foremost, we have Mika Kusisto, who, let me tell you about Mika. You ready? I'm ready. Mika wrote to us in 2017. Mika is a supporter of the podcast. Mika wrote to us and said, hey, in 2017, June 2017, hey, I would love to be on this episode, right? The Detour episode. I love the song. So I said, of course, I'll reach back out to you when we get close to pre-production. Anyway, as we were about to record this episode, I wrote to Mika and I said, hey, we're recording this episode today. Let me know if you still, this is years have passed, five years have passed. Let me know <laughs> if you still want to be on the Detour episode. Within three minutes, Mika wrote and said, absolutely. I'm available anytime. All I need is a few minutes notice. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of commitment that I love. Mm. It's rivaled only by our own commitment. Oh my gosh. Mika, your time has come. Exactly. What is the most recent song in Tori's catalog that someone has wanted to talk about? Meaning like if someone is like, I want to do Metal Water Wood. <laughs> Can yes. you contact me in 2045? Honestly, truly, all of the Ocean to Ocean tracks are almost all taken. So is that if true? You it is true. If you are interested in being on the show, this is a community project. I feel like it should be stated at least once every album cycle because we haven't talked about it in a while. This is a community project. Yes, we're hosting the show, but we invite everybody into our space. If you have a song that you love, email us songsoftoriamus at gmail.com. I feel like every song is enriched by a super fan's perspective. We want to hear your stories, especially as they relate to meeting Tori, especially as they relate to anything, your personal thoughts on the song that may be different than ours. So yeah, the most recent songs, we have a ton of people that want to be on the ocean to ocean season when we get there in, did you say 2043, David? I don't know, something like that. Have some faith, 2033. <laughs> a little more. If we're not at ocean to ocean in 10 years. Then we'll keep going. Then we'll keep going. I guess. <laughs> we just got a request from someone to be on the 97 Bonnie and Clyde episode. Really? That one, that one didn't have anyone. So yeah, there's a place for everyone here. There's also a place for Elysia, who we met in the Pacific Northwest this last tour, who also loves Detura, and she will be here to talk about Hawaii. Kauai. We also have Barkley Squared, who is obsessed with the song as well. So it's a full episode. It what is. do you think about that? Well, if any song deserved to be full, it's this one. That's true. As you said, it's a girthy song. Mm-hmm. Thick. The song is thick. A list of guests as long as the list of flowers in Tori's garden. Should we whisper their names? <laughs> Daytura style? Yes. Barkley Squared. Starlash. Starlash. <laughs> Mika Kusisto. And just because it's fun to say chocolate cherries, Alamanda. It's Zalamanda. Is it? I know it's Alamanda. Well, I know it's Alamanda, but she says chocolate cherries, Zalamanda. Zalamanda. She's using the French liaison that we discussed in the Josephine episode, as you remember. Mm -hmm. My favorite animal is a Zalamander. A Zalamander. My favorite person is Alexander Sleger Small. I was going to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got unnecessarily aggressive. This is what gardening does to me. I hate the heat. I know. You're like, out of the way, out of the way, slapping my hands away i'll prune it i'll prune it you don't know what you're doing that's how i would be in the garden that's why i stay out what did you think of daytura when you first heard the song i want to go back to 1999 david okay all right take me there whenever you do that i start like stretching and rotating my neck and okay, shoulders yeah. i don't know why like i'm actually preparing for time travel i can't take the g's it does take a lot to go back to who you were because yeah. you've changed so much over the years i know i wouldn't want you to go there without prep so take your prep and take me back to 99 all right i'm doing it i'm sipping my tea this is true tea that can Came to me courtesy of our friend Emily Cousins. Oh, I didn't get any. Uh, she sent me special fall tea and she knows you hate that crap. I don't, I love tea. <laughs> she sent you tea and she didn't send me tea? Yes, it was really amazing as like a welcome to New York gift. I love tea. Well, maybe you should move or just 
try harder. <laughs> I think I really try really hard already. You do. I'm sorry. It was a joke. I take it back. No, thanks. <laughs> Why are you making my move across the country about you? Because it's a cold morning and tea would really hit the spot. Oh my God. I'm sitting in my car. It's 1999. I'm crying, eating potato wedges. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's not funny, but... I don't believe you're crying eating potato wedges. Why? Just, too that clean. doesn't sound like something I would do. No, no, no. It's too clean. It's too hyperbolic. It's too David. Too clean? It's too clean a joke. It's too hyperbolic. It's too... I feel like you've embellished a little. Well, I did not embellish at all. <laughs> Sometime I can take you by the exact parking lot that I was sitting in eating bacon and cheddar potato wedges from Jack in the Box. Listening to Tavina's and Back, wishing I was back on the plug tour, escaping my life for just a brief period of time before it all came crashing back down on me but anyways and what'd you think of the song i was like this is definitely the most experimental thing she has ever done up until this point that's true <laughs> you're like that is a fact david she also really got on the late 90s list making train who else was making lists alanis morissette what about like that graduation song wasn't that kind of a list or was that just more spoken word which one I don't know. I just feel like there was a lot of list making in the 90s. Fashion shoots with Becky Hansen, Gordon Love and Marilyn Manson. Oh, ba, ba, yeah. ba, 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 ba. That's listy, right? I love right? that song. Yeah. Health insurance with my flying. FDA, big bankers buying. Fake computer crashes, dying and cloning. Well, they're multiplying. Fashion shoots with Becky Hansen, Gordon Love and Marilyn Manson. You're all bits run to your mansions. Come around, we'll kick your ass in. Yes, Frangipani with Salamanda. Mm. Do you think it was because we were all transitioning to like managing our schedules digitally and we hadn't figured it out yet? So we were trying to put everything in song form oh, yeah. to remember it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as like a mnemonic device? I think so. But did you like it? I'm imagining that you didn't because it wasn't a ballad. That's true, but we weren't really getting those at that point. So. so did you like it? I did like it. It's not something that you can like really sing along to. At least, like, not the main verses. So. You're right. But I do sing along to the tempo. Yeah, I, yeah. And I sing along to it every time. I feel like it's less of a song and more of an experience. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it very much when I heard it. It rocked my world. I really, 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 really liked it. Probably if you were to ask, if you were to quiz September 1999 me, mm -hmm. this song might have been on track to become one of my favorite songs from just like the first moment I heard it. But did that happen? No, it never did. Ugh. It just started strong and then it just stayed there. It stayed at that level the whole time. It never peaked beyond that, but I still loved it. I She's still consistent love it. is what you're saying. Yeah. And you know what? I love all of it. And the whole breakdown of the song really makes it satisfying. And I can't say that even if that weren't there, it would be an amazing song. You're right. It's an experience. You're just in it. It's like you're in an experimental theater warehouse and everything's happening all around you. Are you talking about the Dividing Canaan portion? Well, the Dividing Canaan portion. Oh my God. I die every time. So good. <laughs> so good. The word so nice, she divided it twice and then named her autobiography after it. Her first one. Anyway. Uh, what? Peace by Peace. Peace by Peace. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> piece by piece. Well, anyway, should we get on with it? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to miss the season if we don't plant these seeds now. That's true. We can't do this, any of this, without our wonderful archivist, gardener, plant biologist, Shay Stymack. Texas Shage. <laughs> Texas Shage. <laughs> Shaytura. Shaytura. Dividing Shanan. Dividing Shanan. Weeping Shebaku. Chocolate Cherry Shea Lamanda. Oh my god, perfect. Thank you. Shea Japani. 
Shay Japani. Shay Japani? Thank you, Shay, for everything that you do. Okay, we're going to start with a cover of Detura, or as I like to say, Datura. And it's by Yug Fatality. You can find this on our show notes page at songsoftoriamus.com. Roll it, Ollie. stage to repair yourself with. Sure, there are many things I do. Like what? One thing is that when we go to a city, say it's Chicago, um, I spend time outside with the people, but then I go inside, I walk the venue. And maybe it's part of my grandfather really always saying to me, you listen to the land. Mm -hmm. And being part indigenous American, I'm very connected to this land here. Yes. Whereas, um, you know, a lot of the Europeans that settle here haven't owned that. Um, really, the goal was that the indigenous, the 500 nations, people say the Native Americans, the Indians call themselves the Indians to each other because they're just going to make those fucking white folks never forget how bad their sense of direction is. But anyway, um, the goal was that they would never rise again. That was the goal from the white Europeans. And they have not risen again. Um, and the Germans, that was their goal. They weren't as successful as the Americans making sure the Indians genocide. So, you know, there are thousands, a few thousand left, but 
there is a mythology to this land that until you can claim the blood of the land, the story of the land, then you can't access the land. But whoever you are, if you just really go, okay, own it, honor it, get it, just really understand, then I think you hear the voices of the land because they held this land for thousands of years. So whether I play Chicago or somewhere in Alabama, I tune into the land and not just this week, <laughs> but I listen. Because it changes every day and every minute. Changes every day, but I'm also looking at the bloodline of the land that the city's built on. Datura appears as the ninth track from Tori's fifth album, To Venus and Back, and it appears on the first disc, Orbiting. It appears on the double CD as well as the double cassette, released in the UK on September 20th, 1999, and in the United States on September 21st, 1999. And we only see it one other time in her career, officially, and that's on a piano, Disc C, released on September 26, 2006, in a remastered version, or a replanted version. <laughs> what is it when you till the soil? Retilled version. Retilled, I like that. Retilled. Retold and retilled. And that's the last we ever see of it. Yeah. Officially, in her catalog. Where have we seen it unofficially? Unofficially, it was on a 45 RPM single-sided, unofficial released flexi disc out of Russia. It was like a single, a five and a half inch single vinyl, which is on my want list on Discogs, by the way. How rare is that? Pretty rare. Hmm. One person has it and two people want it. I'm sensing that I've taken on the way she says Detura, and I don't know why I'm talking like that for this episode. I'm going to try to stop it right now. How rare is that, Eve? You know how in 1999 when she had her lush voice? Oh, yeah. I'm kind of in a fierce calm right now. Oh, my gosh. It also unofficially appears, I mean, it officially appeared on an East-West CDR promo of the album from Germany, tracks from the upcoming album to Venus and Back. So if you can find, that's also on my want list on Discogs. Mm. Three people have it. 17 people want it. Mm. It's a seller's market. How tied to Atlantic was East-West? When she was putting out this double album to try to speed up getting out of her contract, you think East West was like, why? What did we ever do to you? What's going on? We built your career in the UK. No, I don't think they took it personally. The more time goes by, I realize what a like brilliant businesswoman she is. How many people have faded into obscurity from the 90s? Like really good acts through lots or no fault of their own. People have faded and she didn't, and she worked really hard. Well, so did we. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> I mean, so are we. I'm not saying that we have faded into obscurity, David. Let's harken back to the end of the Dewdrop In tour, where she's talking about the press cycle for Boys for Paley, and she says, well, it isn't because of anything you all did, meaning the record label or the music industry. Truly. It's because of you all. <laughs> and she was talking about us, so you're welcome. Yeah. Um, when I started recording this record, it was uh, very interesting because... Um, none of these record guys wanted to let a woman produce her own record. They were very, very nervous about letting me do this. And uh, they were much more nervous when they heard it. <laughs> but um, what sort of happened was I turned in the record. And um, I've never really had such a moment in my life. I mean, things were kind of better when I pooped in my pants. And uh, I walked in. And, um, you know, I've sold millions of records for this company. And I walked in. I'd had some pizza and a nice glass of wine. And I was like, well, I'll meet the new girls. And I know it's a little dark, but, you know, everybody needs... 
good bottle of wine and some depressing songs every once in a while. <laughs> and so I walked in, and uh, this is what I met. into it i mean we've gotten into it many times i put this all on the back of professional widow the number one remix by armand van helden and you know why that song i think put her in the black that song cleared up all the money that she owed atlantic from boys for pele from all of the stuff and then she said the reason i i remember this quote where she says the reason i'm able to get away with what i'm able to get away with is because i don't owe atlantic records any money that's what she says. And that's why they can't have creative control over her. That's why they can't like force her. And she has her own studio. You know, she's very, very strategic and very smart about her entire career. She's a fucking inspiration, not only to musicians, but she is the reason that I have my own podcasting studio in my home. She's the reason I've never outsourced. I know. And Peter Gabriel told you too. He was like, build your own podcasting studio. He did. He said, make sure it's exactly one third of your apartment for taxes. Mm-hmm. Then you can write off one third of your rent. It was kind of like Noah's Ark. He gave you the exact dimensions to build your podcasting desk. And my friend Maggie went one step further and she said, if you put a wall right here, you'll never go in there unless you're working. Mm. So it's truly an office. What artists owe their record label money? How does that work? Every artist ends up owing their record label some for money, like, especially if you're starting out. For touring, they front your tour expenses. They front your video expenses. They front the record. Everything that you record, you are paying for the recording But time. you have a record label so that they support you in all of that. You're not like getting a loan from your record company. Company. How does that work? That's what you're doing. They're supporting you by paying for all of that in advance and giving you a payment in advance. But that money actually comes from your record sales. So you're making the money that you have to pay them back later and pay yourself, essentially. They're just kind of fronting you, you know? And then if something, heaven forbid, you know, doesn't make any money, they either decide to bury you or not let you release anymore because it's too much of a liability or they just kind of call it a wash. They can decide based on the artist, obviously. And then there are some artists that aren't as profitable as they could be. And I think that's kind of what happened in situations like Poe, you know, because of the record label underneath folding and little things happening. It makes they can't recoup the amount of money that they would want to recoup to put in the expenses that they would need to put. And then it all becomes a trash mess, a trash pile. If you were legally prevented from putting out podcasts and any other form of art under your own name, what would your pseudonym be? That's a really good question. And you know what? I'm going to make you sit here while I think about it. Okay. I'm going to go with Tori Amos. I think that name is taken. Well, then Maury Tamos. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of people stealing names, there's an Italian group formed in 1991 in Bologna, Italy called Detura. Do you know that? No, I did not. They're a group called Detura, and if you were to search, as one may do in their research phase, Detura and Toriamus in Discogs, up would come this various artists compilation from 2007 called DJ Time, in which Toriamus, her song Professional Widow, the Armand Van Helden remix appears, but Detura's song Yerba del Diablo also appears. Hmm. Yerba del Diablo. 
datura, 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 datura. There's also some great tracks like Eiffel 65 Blue. You remember that one? Oh my gosh, I sure do. Do you think Daytura never made it big because everyone who hears them dies? I don't get it. It's like, oh. the, it's like the flower. <laughs> you listen once and you oh, die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You listen once and you expire. It's quite an experience, but dead. But you're dead. Maybe they did make it big. They're Italian. We don't know. We've gone wildly off course. Ugh. I think we're on Daytura. For a song that's so, like, prescriptive and <laughs> regimented, we're really having a hard time staying on topic. Vocals, piano, synth, and production by Tori Amos. Drums and percussion by Matt Chamberlain. Bass by John Evans. Guitars by Steve Caton. Additional programming and additional drum programming by Andy Gray. Mastering by John Astley. Recording and mixing by Mark Hawley. Recording and mixing by Marcel Van Limbink as well. And assistant recording and mixing by Rob Van Tuen. Thoughts on that? The dream team. It is the dream team, in fact. Is this speculation? Isn't this the album? You'd think I would know by now we're attracted nine where the credits aren't applied to specific instruments yes you're right it's true that's why it says guitars and you don't see like what exactly Mm -hmm. what guitars yeah awful awful if you ask me let's never do that again all right i don't like it either chaos detailed i want detailed song notes but also in the book there's other things such as like references of hot karen bins glampus assistant berta carmal Glampus? Like Krampus? Glampus. Like the glamper. Oh. Should we get into the quotes? Let's do it. And feel free to quote me! From the Atlantic Records promo bio on September 9th, 1999, they say, Percolating and psychoactive, Detura is named for the flower which, when ingested, can provoke delirium, dream states, and in some cases, death. Long a staple of pagan shamanic rituals in Mexico and the American Southwest, Detura has long been considered a dark and evil plant by those who would squelch indigenous practices of direct communication with divine power. There are indeed detura plants growing in Tori's garden. And as she points out, quote, they planted themselves on the record. Mm-hmm. Cute. They're an invasive species. They planted themselves on Venus. They planted themselves on Venus? You know what? If you were going to another planet to repopulate the planet, is what I'm assuming is happening on this record. If you're going to another planet to repopulate, to create a new civilization, mm-hmm. obviously you would have to take hallucinogenic drugs. Would you? Yeah. What else? Like, what are you going to do for fun? Oh, that's your entertainment. We're all just going to, yeah, go on spirit quests. Yeah. Okay. Right? I guess. I mean, in space. I mean, you've done mushrooms. You've just did them that one time, in right? In space, no one can hear you trip. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that one time, and I couldn't stop gardening. Can you imagine gardening on hallucinogens? Yeah. That'd probably be a waste of time. 
Or you were just thinking you were going. Oh my God. <laughs> you were just like petting the grass. I was just grass. sitting there staring at nothing. <laughs> you and I took mushrooms for the first time, really kind of around the same time last year. But not together. And not together, but around the same weekend. We just happened to both be experiencing that at the same time. COVID was crazy. It was wild. But I continued on. I did them several more times and you didn't. But you had the thing that I wanted, which was the guided experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't have that, right? Or no? <laughs> no? No. No, I know other people who did. I mean, I didn't do it by myself, but... Oh, I thought you had like a guided experience. No, I did not. Oh, that's what you told me. No, I didn't. That's what I heard. Okay. <laughs> that's what I wanted to believe. That's what I believed. <laughs> but you wouldn't do it again? I don't think... I don't think I feel the need. No. No? No. But you would. Well, you did. I don't know why I'd do it again. I would have to be with someone I love. Yeah. Would you do Daytura? No. Absolutely not. Why? Um, because I don't have good experiences with substances and definitely not drugs of any kind. So that's not something I need to try. Hmm. Would you? You know, I would have said no up until this very moment when I read this quote and it says, long staple of pagan shamanic rituals in Mexico and the American Southwest, which is where I grew up. Okay, leave that on the table. Detura has long been considered a dark and evil plant, which I did consider it to be. And then it goes on to say, by those who would squelch indigenous practices. So it's probably the exact same idea of mushrooms. It's probably given this whole thing that it is Native Americans doing it. It's probably given this whole stigma or this whole evil backstory, but it's probably not. It's probably fine, especially with a like with a shaman experience, I think. But before I decide, David, I would like to talk to a doctor. So roll the clip, Oliver, of that chat with a doctor someone had that I just had lying around. So the first person who told me about plant medicine and ayahuasca and all these things was my shaman. The mm-hmm. person who had administered my ayahuasca to me. Yeah. yeah. So he had a very deep spiritual impact on my life. And he told me that when it comes to plant medicine, imagine that there is a scale numbered from minus 100 to plus 100. Mm. But plus 100 represents the positiveness of a particular plant. Mm. Zero represents the neutrality and minus 100 represents evil. So he said that ayahuasca is somewhere on the positive side. Mm. Right? Uh, There are other plants which are on the positive side. Peyote is another positive plant. Weed is considered, like cannabis is Mm. considered right in the center, neutral. Mm. Mm. Then there are some negative plants like certain kinds of mushrooms. Yeah. And then at the far end of the scale, near minus 100 is something called Datura. Right. So my first instinct was how can a plant be positive or negative? Mm. And then I put my own body through an ayahuasca experience. And I saw the positive impact it had on my mind, my life, my whole trajectory in life changed like after that, which began with a change in thought process. It also gave me a very gentle experience Mm. because they say that all these plants have sort of a spiritual identity also where Everyone who does ayahuasca, most people report feeling a certain feminine energy in the room with them when they're doing it. For example, I'm talking to you, you're a guy. I feel a masculine energy near me. Bhavya who's recording this is a guy. Masculine energy. There's two masculine energies in this room. If Bhavya was a girl, you'd feel a certain amount of feminine energy from this human being. Mm. In the same way, when you do ayahuasca, you feel a certain amount of feminine energy with you, which guides you through the trip. Okay. Peyote is a positive masculine energy. You feel a male energy with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, but it gives you a slightly more intense experience than ayahuasca. Mm. The shaman compared it to um, a male and a female tiger in the wild. So that female tigers, mother tigers will gen- be gentle with their cubs up to a certain right. point. That's what ayahuasca is like. It's your mother. It guides you spiritually to a certain point. 
peyote sort of roughs you up to guide you spiritually like the role of a father shows you the reality then i said open your eyes by slapping your face yeah then i asked him what is datura why is it minus 100 mm. so there are two creepy things about datura with ayahuasca everyone reports having felt a feminine energy and that's a common sort of report yeah. with peyote everyone commonly reports having felt a father energy right with datura almost everybody commonly reports feeling the energy of a dark sort of dog or a wolf mm. that is the energy associated with it to the degree where some people's datura hallucinations often have an actual dark dog as a part of the hallucination which just stays there while you're hallucinating right so that's the first creepy thing the second creepy aspect of datura and even dr mark plotkin kind of echoed this thought right. he said that it's a da- it can get dangerous datura administration yeah. and i i would love to know the medical aspect of it yeah. but the second creepy aspect of datura is discovered from the deep corners of reddit mm. if you actually read people's datura experiences some of it is crazily intense so for example when you smoke weed when you drink alcohol you know you've put a substance inside your body which is making you feel a certain way right. even if you're having a bt or a bad trip you know okay there's something i've put inside my body yeah. often the case with datura is such that it erases a little bit of your short term memory mm. so you don't know that you've taken a substance to trip and you're just tripping yeah and i don't know how medically accurate that is and i'd love mm. to know further but if you read people's experiences they've said stuff like i took it i hadn't remembered i was taking it but i had a flash of a memory of me going up to uh people and introducing myself along with my friend right. what is the friend they've not explained i i don't remember what the friend was right and then i woke up in jail and i asked the policeman in the jail about why i was locked in and the policeman said you were going up to people's houses completely naked just ringing everyone's bell in your neighborhood completely naked and talking to them right. and they don't even know this. one other person said i tried datura when i was alone and my next memory is me waking up in the hospital and my friend came to visit me he stood at the door i could sense a black dog in the room but the friend then started climbing on the wall like a spider and then went on the roof and then i actually woke up and i was actually in the hospital damn where i just passed out and i was dreaming of all this someone else wrote oh i could just see a black dog i had taken datura in a public place i could just see a black dog staring at me through yeah. so you read all the scary shit about datura botany experts like mark plot can don't talk much about it i know for a fact that it's even a part of indian culture datura is administered to people in the himalayas yeah. but i don't know much more about this substance other than the stuff i've already told you yeah. and even my shaman highlighted it as a sort of evil plant where it's been known to cause death etc yeah and i know that when you're studying pharmacology um as a doctor you have datura as one of those angles yeah so what is this substance that was neurologist sid warrior talking about the evil datura and we will link to that in our show notes page songsdatoriamus.com did you say you considered it to be evil i considered it to be a dark and evil plant because that's what i'd heard about it all i heard is that it could lead to death like we even joked about it earlier about <laughs> you hear the band detour and you die mm. that's the only thing i knew about detour was that like you can't drink it or you'll die do we have any sense of how detour might differ from ayahuasca Well, it's funny that you should ask that, David, because I have here on my screen an article called Wake Up World: Natural Hallucinogens That Can Expand the Mind from the lovepost.global. And they say ayahuasca 
purges negative emotions and you can experience revelations. It was discovered in the Amazonian Peru. Ayahuasca is a tool of spiritual healing. Indigenous Amazonian populations discover the ayahuasca brew with the help of plant spirits and the voices of the plants themselves. Drinking ayahuasca leads to a spiritual awakening, which can mean anything from psychedelic revelations to purging negative energy through vomiting. Shamans are an integral part of the ceremony and one should not drink ayahuasca without a genuine spiritual guide. And then what they say about detura, just a couple plants later, Datura are called the truth seekers, also known as Jimson weed or devil's snare. Datura has been found in excavations that date back to 1200 CE. Popular the world over, Datura is used for spiritual ceremonies in Mexico, India, and Central America. Traditions vary from country to country. Some Native American tribes use it for rituals that bring a boy into manhood, while in India, the plant brings people closer to the Hindu god Shiva Nataraja. So this one doesn't specifically say that you need a guide and this doesn't mention vomiting with Datura and like the regions are different mm. with ayahuasca being Amazonian, the Amazon and Datura being more like Mexico, Central America, India. And no language about a kind of spiritual awakening. I feel like ayahuasca is known to permanently change you. Yes. This article at the lovepost.global, I recommend it. We'll link to it in our show notes because they talk about kava. They talk about wormwood. They talk about morning glory for a dreamlike connectivity. The people of the Oaxacan villages in Mexico have held morning glory sacred for hundreds of years. The Mexican name for the brightly colored blossom is tlitlitzin, and its seeds are used for divination and healing disease. Morning glory is believed to contain a strong spiritual energy able to connect the faithful with the higher spirits and gods. Staying true to tradition, present use of the seeds differs little from ancient practices you know i read that book how to change your mind <laughs> about hallucinogenics and it changed my mind about doing mushrooms mm. it talks about peyote mushrooms are here cannabis i won't ever do that that's the gateway drug do you think tori had the father lucifer moment with her father yet again at thanksgiving it's like why did you call me a daytora exactly he was like no but i'm really hurt by this one you called me weeping sabaku <laughs> And she was like, no, I was taking drugs with the South American shaman. And I really did visit my garden. <laughs> I really did visit Detura. <laughs> Would you read this from Squire magazine, please? In October 1999, when they asked her, used any hallucinogens recently, Tori? What a pickup line. I know. <laughs> Use any hallucinogens recently? And she said, not very recently. I have Detura in my garden. But my gardener told me that some people oversteep in water and then it's poison and you die. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I did a few 18-hour trips with the shaman in the canyons in L.A. in the 80s. I'm glad I did it. And I do ecstasy journeys with women friends. Things are said that I couldn't have heard or have said over a cup of coffee. We should be doing this episode, well, if not on ecstasy, on Daytona, I guess. But at least ecstasy. That's true. And now, he says... Wine is a passion of mine. That's my hallucinogen now. There's this thing in the States that if you love alcohol or hallucinogens, then you're an addict. On one hand, people take guns to school and blow up kids in classrooms. And on the other, people are afraid to go home and have a nice bottle of wine because they're afraid they'll be called alcoholics. That's actually true. As I was having my eyes enlightened just a minute ago on the Love Post Global site, I was worried that I was going to be seen as excessive. I'll do it all. You're here to set the record straight. Yeah, I'm here to set the record straight. I'll do it all. And I'll be happy about it. Happy, I tell you. Her gardener is extremely knowledgeable. So you wouldn't do an 18-hour trip? You just wouldn't do it? No. I wouldn't do a 30-minute trip, let alone an 18-hour trip. Are you kidding me? I don't know if I would do an 18-hour trip. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a commitment. Can you really fine-tune it to control, you know, the elapsed time? That's the thing. But I just have too much going on in a day. Like, 
I have to devote 18 hours to something, anything, except for editing. Let's play this out a little bit. What would your intention be? What would you be hoping to get from the experience if you were to do it? A greater sense of purpose and who I am and like how to spread love Mm. or how to be a part of love. Not find love, but how to be a part of the global love field, like the global love source. I feel like I can save you the time. If you took this trip, (laughs) you would have the moment where you realize that all the universe is one and everything is love and you're part of it and there's nothing you have to do or change there you're done oh my god that's what people oh my get from god that. i'm here i've arrived i've arrived david you're a shaman shamanderson shamanderson david shamanderson <laughs> ladies and gentlemen david shamanderson uh, from all music magazine october 1999 now this obviously the song rocks the critics people quite didn't understand it very much um and it took a minute to understand i would say i'm still trying to figure it out yeah Exactly. Here we are today. But All Music Magazine in October 99 said, Detour was perhaps a still more adventurous track, not just in its electronic applications, but also in going beyond song structure. Even the lyrics are unusual, with an emphasis on just a list of plants. What was the creative process behind this piece? And she says, I was in a mood that day. We were supposed to be cutting something else, and it wasn't coming together. Matt was running around, but the band hadn't shown up yet, meaning Kate and John hadn't come. And I just had this thing about my garden. I got a list from my gardener about everything that was in my garden that was still alive. Because wasn't there like a torrential hurricane or something that like destroyed her garden? It's been called the Forgotten Storm, but people who lived in South Florida in 1999 can't forget the first Irene. The Category 1 hurricane dumped up to 20 inches of rain. Everything's underwater. Across the state, four people were electrocuted as power lines dangled. More than a million people lost power. Just as it seemed that everyone could use a power tool. Cars stalled everywhere. Three people drowned in their vehicles. Hundreds of others were pushed out of their homes. Despite warnings that track forecasts are not exact and that effects of a hurricane can extend for hundreds of miles, many residents weren't ready. We weren't prepared for what was going to happen. A mid-October surprise that left $800 million of damage. And so a lot of things had been destroyed in her garden, right? How big was it a botanical garden? Was it truly? I mean, I guess it was a botanical garden, but you know what I mean. <laughs> How right. big was this garden? Yeah, you think you got a good garden because you're growing prize-winning roses, <laughs> ma'am? Have you heard of lilies? Have you heard of grass? How big was this garden? Because this is just the list of things that survived the hurricane. What was lost? Yeah, <laughs> God, unpronounceable items. <laughs> if you read them, they undo creation. They asked, that was the list in the lyric? Shocked, they asked. And she said, yes. So at a certain point, this whole Malagueña, why I say Malagueña, because it isn't anything like it. But I remember playing that when I was eight or something. But it was definitely way before I got kicked out of Peabody. I loved the more South American, the tropical pulse, and Detura being a hallucinogen. That's dangerous stuff. At the time, though, I was reading the sequel to Bloodline of the Holy Grail, which goes pre-Jesus, so it's all Sumerian. Some people say Sumerian, but they, the experts, say it's Shumerian. So I was kind of drawn to the theories of what was passing through Canaan and the division of it. The Venus record was, to me, very much a bridge for my own work from this time as we go over to the next number ship, the year 2000. Whether it's psychological or not, it doesn't matter. You're building a bridge. So Canaan now becomes a planet because... because 
as it is. And the idea of the apocalypse being that everybody thinks they own pieces of the sun, even if it's a little house. And I'm a homeowner. I have those feelings too. And yet I kept getting this sense of the patriarchal community for the last many thousands of years, whether it's the Judaic God or the Christian God saying you're expelled from the garden. Whoa, wait a minute. What does she have to say about this? Because it is Gaia. We realize now that the planet is a living organism and she's kind of got a mind of her own. So we go back to because Bliss starts the record and there's this controlling patriarchal force. Instead of father who art in heaven, you know, it's father I killed my monkey. There's a real delineation about who owns the goods here. Who has the entitlement of a woman's body, of the earth's body, of the body of the garden? I just watched the song come in and give the patriarchy detour because it exists, it was all throbbing, and she's doing a roll call of those now who can come in, the list of plants in the song Detura. The second movement of the song, which is, is there room in my heart for you to follow your heart, and not any more blood from the tip of your star, a part of it was me singing it as the patriarchy, being a woman, me needing a piece of her essence, all the blood that's been spilled in the name of who owns the land, who has the god, who has the access. So it was very much this revelation coming from Venus, a camera looking into Gaia. Let's sit with that for a couple days. <sighs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll call, call you, you back. back in a week. I'll call you back on Wednesday. I feel like Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, it's like Gerber baby food. Like, uh, like, are you on drugs now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Okay, let's unpack this. First of all, what do you think they were recording? Was that zero point? We were supposed to be cutting something else and it wasn't coming together? I don't know. Spring haze. The storm was rolling in. Couldn't see shit. I think it was zero point. All right. That's my opinion. Don't get offended. That's my opinion. I like your opinion. I just don't like pitting them against each other like wrong band honey. Daytura zero point. Well, clearly she has said, I remember her saying we could do one or the other. There were two nine minute songs. We could only work on one. We only had time to work on one. Mm. Right? Yes. So this one clearly won. It did because it's on the album. You're right. Thank you. I'm what? I didn't hear you. You cut out. Right. Okay. So what do you think of this quote? Um, it had been a while since you referenced Holy Blood, Holy Grail. This is really like a lightning round of Tori Amos bingo. There are a lot of oft-referenced things here that all kind of inexplicably come together in this one song. So my mind is swimming and I'm trying to untie the knot. Where are you with that? I want to turn this into a dance piece, (laughs) this quote. Not even the song, this quote, you want to turn into like a dance performance. Okay. Yeah. How would that go? I want to turn it into an electronic remix. I want to have a beautiful, lush voice saying these words. Like, you know, Little Fluffy Clouds from the 90s with Ricky Lee Jones, like talking about, I think it was Ricky Lee Jones talking about where she grew up. I want to do that here. Beautiful. Because it's a dance, you see? Tori is inspiring. Even this quote has given birth to new art in this moment. I actually followed it. I put myself in her shoes. I don't know if you could tell as I was inhabiting her character when Mm -hmm. I was reading it. Yeah. That I was becoming the woman. Walk me through it. Okay, what I really understood was the list of plants. She says, so we go back to, instead of Father Who Art in Heaven's Father, I Killed My Monkey, there's a real delineation about who owns the goods here, who has the entitlement of the woman's body. Is it the Christian God? Is it men? Is it the woman? Who then has the entitlement of the earth's body? Is it then still the Christian God? Is it still the men? But because the earth is the great mother, it's the earth, the body of the garden, she's in control. And so this list of plants then becomes a list of, she says, 
a roll call of those now who can come in and that's who has the control or that's who's able to touch this body, this earth body, this body of the garden, which is a substitution for the woman's body, which is a substitution for the Christian woman's body, which is a substitution for all of female creation. You see? That it's only the plants who have access to the Earth's body. They're the ones in control. Like, the Earth is in control. Okay. It's only this list of plants who can come in. And therefore, it becomes a roll call, she says, of who can come in. Therefore, I can see it giving woman, or or from Tori's perspective, I can see the song as giving woman the idea of woman, quote-unquote, grand control. Like, this is about taking control back Mm -hmm. of your own body, your planetary body. All of woman, all of Venus, that's what Venus is. All of woman. It's about taking control back of the woman's body. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was very insightful. I'm trying to put this in like the simplest terms I can possibly manage. And I think I would sum that up in the song, I guess, possibly we'll see, as saying we can't divvy up and claim ownership of the earth any more than the patriarchy can claim ownership of our bodies and divide us from our souls and our spirituality. Try as they might. Something like that? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I really like what she's saying, too, about the dividing Canaan being the bridge between the 1999 moment and what's to come, you know, this new millennium. I like this idea of the two sides of things or the two sides of time or like the future and the past coming, you know, this is the present right here, this bridge. I like that, too. What do you think about when she says the second movement of the song, the room in my heart for you to follow your heart part is her singing it as the patriarchy, being a woman me needing a piece of her essence, all of the blood that's been spilled in the name of who owns the land, who has the God, who has the access. To me, that's sort of asking the question, as the patriarchy, will we get to the point where we don't need to exercise control over you? Again, putting it as simply as possible. Perhaps the most shocking thing about all of this, David, is that that wasn't even but half of the quote. Are you ready for the other half? I'm ready. <laughs> All of this isn't easy to discern through simply listening to Detura. How dare they? In fact, the repetition of dividing Canaan at the end tends to diminish rather than emphasize the meaning by turning these words into a sonic event, much as the Beatles' chant at the end of Hey Jude conveys something other than the literal meaning. Tori says, or I say it as much as it's been divided. But even that isn't as transparent as the meaning of more commercial lyrics might be. And then she says, Yeah, but the parables are elusive. You have to journey with them. I give you perspectives from where I wrote it. They take on their own life forms, but there's word association, and sometimes I give people a bloodline. It gives you a character study of who she is, but then she has a whole subtext to her that's going on that some people read into her and I haven't. But I never write it to be literal until I choose to. If I want to be literal, I'll be literal. But when you're on a Daytura trip, you don't do it to be literal. The literal bit of it is the garden. It's very factual. Being read, doing a roll call, Bueller, Daytura. Daytura. If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Well, this is all very lovely, but none of this is easy to discern through simply listening to Daytura. <laughs> That's what the guy says. I feel like Tori is speaking of Gaia, Mother Earth, Goddess Energy, and womanhood, as in like human womanhood, interchangeably. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all kind of the same in this case, in this song. Yeah, I would say often. <laughs> or she's moving back and forth between them kind of seamlessly, meaning they've all been sort of exploited the same way. And for those who have forgotten, because we haven't talked about Gaia this season at all, have we? I don't think so. Have we ever? Didn't we talk about Gaia during, I guess, during Pele or Liquid Diamonds? Maybe. Maybe. Gaia definitely shows up in uh, Up the Creek.
types of stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about Gaia before, but Gaia is the Greek goddess of the earth and the mother of all life. Mm -hmm. This seems like kind of prototypical beekeeper. Like maybe she kicked up some ideas in the writing of this song that became fully fleshed out into the entire mm. beekeeper album. Because I almost feel like she's rewriting the creation story from a female perspective. Oh, interesting. Or with that female creator redrawing the lines of the Garden of Eden. You know what I mean? And kind of preventing all of the damage that the patriarchy eventually did. Or that patriarchal beliefs eventually did by kind of starting from scratch. I love that. And of course, that makes total sense because the beekeeper is about everything's put into gardens in that record. Everything mm -hmm. is kind of segmented into different gardens for different reasons. And here we are doing a master roll call of all in the garden. She should remaster the song and include the song titles from the beekeeper in the list. <laughs> Cars and guitars. Yeah, like Hoochie Woman. Indigo Spire Salvia. Hoochie Woman. Confederate <laughs> Jasmine. General Joy. <laughs> It would be an Easter egg for the fans. Uh -huh. <laughs> it would be like Daytura, the beekeeper version. Oh my God. Someone needs to remix it immediately. Do it. DJ Mateo Sagade, where are you? Brandon Hellman, get to it. Well, none of this is making me like this song any less. It isn't? Is it making you like it anymore? Yes. That's another way of saying it. I like the song much more. Because on the surface, you can look at the song. I'm so glad to be here today. I'm so glad to have made it to 2022 discussing the song because... I knew it wasn't just a list of plants. Everyone dismisses it in such a... <laughs> they do? Well, I would imagine. It's like, oh, it's just a list of plants. But no, I knew there was something deeper and I'm glad she's delivered. And I'm glad that I've waited for 20 plus years to learn because it's satisfying, more satisfying that way. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> Why don't you read this from Pulse Magazine, November 1999? I love Pulse Magazine. Oh, the 90s. Datura is this plant that if you put too many leaves into steep, even though it does have altered state potential in a big way like belladonna, if you don't steep it correctly, I hope you like to fly. <gasps> I love flying. Bats with wings, do your things. What is belladonna? It's a Stevie Nicks album. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's also a fashion line, mm. apparently. There's a belladonna flower, turns out. Oh my God, a beautiful but deadly plant. This is her Stevie Nicks moment, isn't it? And we just... One of many. It's like a wink. Belladonna is native to England as well as Central and Southern Europe where it can be found in disturbed areas along roads and waste sites. In the U.S., it has naturalized in disturbed grounds in New York as well as our three West Coast states, Washington, Oregon, and California. A beautiful but deadly plant, its name is derived from the Greek mythology atropos, meaning who cut the thread of life, while the Italian phrase belladonna translates to beautiful lady. <laughs> it's used as a cosmetic... <laughs> Was that offensive? Okay, Stevie Nicks. Can you imagine if I put out an album and just called it like Handsome Man? <laughs> its use as a cosmetic was thought to beautify the user. Although toxic, you know anything for beauty. Although toxic, there is a long history of use as a medicinal. It says it's highly toxic, may be fatal if eaten. Mm. Do people use it to get high? They must. I don't like the idea of getting high, like the phrase. It's about like having a journey, having a spiritual journey. It's not just about getting high. It's not about always. getting in touch. <laughs> well, if you want to just get high, smoke some weed, eat a gummy, do some cocaine, have some crystal meth. I feel like things are escalating. What? It's just another Saturday here. <laughs> okay. Why don't you read this from Record Collector Magazine, November 1999, same month from the last quote. Record Collector asks, there's a song on your new album called Detura, which is a hallucinogen. <laughs> do you experiment with drugs for your art? I think Spliff is a very important place, but you see, I'm not... <laughs> what the hell is Spliff? Is that weed? What is Spliff? I'm I don't being know. serious. I'm being serious too. I don't know. I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm learning so much. Yeah. Oh, a marijuana cigarette. 
A spliff. A spliff. Never heard that. A roach. Clip. I may have heard that. A spliff. I may have heard that now. Now it's all coming back to me. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Tori. I think spliff has a very important place. But you see, I'm not an addictive personality. Can I have a hit of that? I'm Moon and Libra. Moon is the emotional phase, so I'm always looking for balance. Right. I need Amy. Amy from Suede. I need Amy to tell me what this means. Do you seek Amy? Well, and I do. I do <laughs> seek Amy. Okay. I don't think she's addictive either. She's even recently talked about, like, she doesn't really even drink wine that much anymore. Okay, what about those nicotine patches? Although that gorgeous photo of her with that Chardonnay with a glass from Crate and Barrel. The recent photo, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Gorge. Gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Her white lotus moment. So true. She just wanders out to the dock. From Triple J, Australia, on November 3rd, 1999. Do you want to be Carolyn or do you want to be Tori? Carolyn. Okay, Caroline, hit it. The song Detura that I was having a listen to, I've been reading up on it. Now, apparently, you have an herb garden with a list that you run off in the song Detura as well. Had. You had? What's happened? You know that Hurricane Irene? Oh, she kicked my butt. My gardener? I had this emergency message from my gardener. Like, I get this message in Berlin. Your gardener's calling from the tropics. They say it's tragic. So I'm going to have to go down there and figure it out. But I've lost everything in the garden except... The Daytura, which is a hallucinogen. That's good because then it'll help us get everything back together again. Fantastic. So do you put together herbal remedies? Do you concoct natural remedies for things? For example, we've got a lot of people who are studying at the moment. They're cramming, they're stressing. Anything for concentration or for creativity? Do you mess about with your herbs at all? Uh, no, I have other people do that because it's kind of tricky stuff. Because honestly, like with Datura, if you do it wrong, people have died doing it. So if you get it wrong, you could become brain damaged. Mm. There are very few things that qualify as a gardening emergency. And I think that is one. And if you have a gardener, if you're living your American life like Madonna with a gardener and a chef, you want to know when your herbs have died. So those are the 99 quotes. Why don't you read this from the Philadelphia City Paper, April 7th, 2005. All right, skipping ahead. Which was around the time of The Beekeeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Datura, from 1999 to Venus and back, begins with three and a half blissful minutes of Amos whispering exotic plant names, then goes into a five-minute incantation, dividing Canaan piece by piece. Nope. What? Piece by piece. Piece by piece. Despite bringing together most of her major themes, ecology, romantic jealousy, (laughs) religion, politics. I love that they put that first. (laughs) Sustainability. Horticulture. Phlebotomy. She did write Floating City from her very first album. Okay. Thank you. And providing the title of her recent memoir, Tori Amos, Piece by Piece, Detura remains the only pre-Beekeeper album track she's never performed live, not counting a few covers from Strange Little Girls. It's Time is Coming. Wait, wait, first of all, It's Time is Coming, that is a reference to Zero Point, Your Time is Coming, which was kicked off the album because they were working on Detura, so whoever wrote this from this Philadelphia City paper has done their research. Yeah, but why is Detura a single white female in Zero Point? Like, leave her alone. She worked hard enough to try to get her moment. Well, you know what? I don't know. (laughs) Keep going. Okay. Then Tori says, I think she's going to show up in the summer with Matt and John because I wrote it as a very complicated piece. It's one of those things that I think works in that arrangement. And yes, I'm going to do it, she says. However, no different than I wouldn't give Winter a dance mix. I would just never allow those masters out. It's never going to happen because it just does not want to be that. I don't think Detura wants to be taken into just a keyboard form. The producer in me knows I need to produce it correctly live. And to do that, I need my brothers up there in technology helping me so I can do it. Three things that come immediately to mind. This was April 7th, 2005. And she talks about 
I think that Daytura is going to show up in the summer with Matt and John. That tells us that she was planning Summer of Sin to be like a band tour. Secondly, I remember when this quote came out because we got super excited that the summer was going to be a band tour. We were really banking on that, I recall. Third, it only occurred to me earlier when you said that, that's the first time I realized that piece by piece was a reference to Daytura. It's a perfect phrase for a book title on its own. It never occurred to me to think deeper. Hmm. Piece by piece. It didn't even occur to me. Deeper into Tori's own lyrics, you mean? Yeah. What a fool. What a fool I've been. David, she continued teasing us in 2007 in an article in Pop Matters magazine when she's talking about all the songs that her and the band are going to work up. And Matt Mazur asks, does this mean we might get to hear Daytura, the never before played experimental eight plus minute epic from Venus on this tour finally? And she says, it just needs to, doesn't it, though? It's just really hard. Matt Chamberlain, the ace drummer, looked at me and said, we have to do it. I said, I know. How we're going to do it, I don't know. But we are going to try to do it. So I think by this point, the dream is fading. Thoughts? She's a big tease. She's been teasing Daytura with the band since 2005. So do you think it'll ever happen at this point? No. Maybe. Maybe. But you're right. Very interesting. But we knew this, that originally the second leg of the original Sensuality Tour was supposed to be a band tour and it didn't work out. We did know that. And that's where that came from, was this. This quote. Mm. But also, a dance mix of winter. Right? I want to take this moment to go into this quote from 2014 from an article that BuzzFeed published called Where Would Music Be Without Tori Amos by Sadie Doyle. Do you remember reading this on our failed clubhouse version of this show? Yeah. But it was a good episode. That was a good episode. It's still on our feed. Our club only met once before immediately being disbanded. Yeah, but we did create our own club sandwich. Does Clubhouse still exist? Yeah, it still exists. Oh. They say so succinctly and so perfectly, and I saved this to read in this episode years ago, and they're talking about her career and like markers along the way you can look for and just like interesting moments in her career, right? And then Sadie Doyle says, and then there's the genuinely weird material. Detura is a spoken word chant over a piano riff played in a jagged, asymmetric time signature that no human being has used before or since. It's punctuated with chopped up wailing and bits where the piano is distorted through a guitar amp, and that's before and that's before it turns into an entirely different song, which sounds like slow freezing to death in space whilst picking up radio transmissions from an elven funeral ceremony. So you know, regular Toriemos stuff. That's such an accurate description, especially of the second part of the song, yeah. Yeah, it actually is. I've saved that for years to read here. It's perfect. I don't know if the piano is fed through a guitar amp, though. She's done that before, but I'm not sure that's actually happening on Daytura. It could be. We have to listen more to it. We have to talk to Yanta. He's my go-to for all things music. Me too. Also, I want to say, if we're talking about why she's never really played this song live, and she says... Even in that quote that you just read, she says that she doesn't want to be a keyboard song. If she's going to do it, she has to kind of go all out. And it is a difficult song. It is a strange time signature. And I want to read this from Wikipedia, academic.com. It says, Detura is a song written and recorded by American singer Tori Amos. It is the ninth song of Amos's fifth record to Venus and Back, which was released in September 1999. It is included in the first disc of the double album, subtitled Orbiting, that contains 11 original studio recordings. 
Plains. The song lists the names of the plants found in Amos's garden and was created during the recording sessions of To Venus and Back. The song's title refers to Datura, a plant known for its toxic and hallucinogenic properties. It is one of the fan favorites, yet Amos has never performed the song live due to its complex structure and time signatures, which makes it hard to reproduce with a live band. However, Tori Amos has incorporated the Room in My Heart bridge on Take to the Sky during her concert in blah, blah, blah. They're very clear about her not being able to perform this because of the structure. And then it says even further, the basic structure of the song is A, B, A, C, of which A is the most prominent theme. The song starts with a complex bass riff accompanied by some right-hand chords and Amos citing the plant names. She also yells, get out of my garden! The time signature of this first and third part is most interesting since it consists of a combination of 6-8, and 9-8 bars, creating a rather complex structure that is rather hard to reproduce. This part is written in the key of B-flat major. The bridge of the song is in simple 4-4 and the key is D-flat major. It is the most melodic part of the track in which Amos sings, Is there room in my heart for you to follow your heart? The code of the song starts as almost halfway and is in D-flat major again. In it, Amos slowly and solemnly sings of Dividing Canaan, piece by piece, published in 2005. The point is, I love all this time signature talk. <laughs> I don't know why. It just drives me wild. I think that's on brand for you. You love a beat. You love time signature changes. I do. This is really absurd. 6, 8, 7, 8, 8, 8, and 9, 8, all intertwining, all mixing together. Mm. Wild. It also says here on academic.com, or which was pulled from Wikipedia, eventually the song, which is nearly eight minutes long, was included onto Venus and Back, causing another song Amos was still trying to fix zero point to be cut off the record. Isn't it over eight minutes long? Yeah, it's over. Get your facts straight. In interviews promoting To Venus and Back, Amos has stated Detura was created fully in a studio setting, almost as an elaboration of an improvisation. It was written and recorded at Martian Engineering, Amos' studio in Cornwall, England. The lyrics are derived from the plants that were found in Amos' garden. A list of the plant names was handed to Amos by her gardener. Apparently, most of the plants in her garden had died, except for Detura, which Amos found striking since it was known as a hallucinogen. Amos was in the studio with drummer Matt Chamberlain when the song was created. So maybe these were all the plants that she had. And maybe, yeah, when she said in the other quote, except for the Datura, like this must have been just a list of all the plants. So let's talk about how this song was really pieced together, if you don't <laughs> mind me punning a little bit. I didn't mean to do that. Let's talk a little bit about how this song came together. Yes, you did. I really didn't. We just read that it was kind of the product of a moment of improvisation. So do you think that there's like a very small piece of that piano riff, for example, that they just kind of looped and she spoke over it? Like, how much do you think they were playing together? Yeah, I think absolutely. It feels completely looped. Just that phrase. Mm -hmm. And then it goes again and again. Yeah. And then she just was like, give me a mic. Give me a beat. Stop! Give me a beat! How I imagine she was backstage in 2001 with like the lyrics to 97 Bonnie and Clyde in her Mm -hmm. hand, probably just like at the mic. That's how I imagine her to have been. Yeah, me too, actually. And this song is such a product of the studio. I think it would be perfectly acceptable if it remained as such and that we never saw a complete live performance. Yeah, I'm not saying anything negative. I was underwhelmed when Detura came out in Take to the Sky because to me that wasn't the song. To me that part wasn't what I lived for in the song. I lived for the dividing Canaan. That's my favorite part of the whole goddamn song. All of that, that breakdown, that just like the the crunch, the like transmission from Venus, you know? Yeah, I love it all. 
But this is one of those songs that you listen to in your room at night on headphones. No one wants to watch Tori say Dividing Canaan over and over for six minutes. I do. For six minutes live. No, you don't. Oh, I do. Yes, I do, honey. Yes, I do. All right. Yes, well, I do. I'll be in the bathroom. You come and get me when it's done. <laughs> no, you get yourself. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to stay through a 10-minute Daytura to go get you in the bathroom when it's done. Okay, sorry. Text me when she's done. Okay, maybe I'll do that. If I'm not in the front row... Did you know that Detura is a former settlement in Lassen County, California? No. It used to be Detura, California. We should go visit. Talking about being in the weeds. But it was a big deal, honestly, that this was never performed. It's the first song in her catalog, if you don't count, like, Ring My Bell. This is kind of the first song in her catalog that's not been performed Mm -hmm. at this point. That's why people want it. It's a white whale of sorts, but it doesn't really lend itself to live performance, and that is fine. I think it could have come... I really think... This is how I think the best time in her life to perform this song would have been on the American Doll Posse tour for Santa. Doll Posse? (laughs) Doll Posse. Or for any of the girls, whoever she felt owned the song, to just have that track looped and just coming out, working that mic. Passion Vine. Weeping Sibaku. Yeah, I think it could have been really sexy. I could have gone for this in lieu of Professional Widow during the costume change. Oh, yeah, the band playing to it. Da-da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. That would transition like pretty gracefully into a uh, big wheel too. I agree. Anyway, from the quietest on June 19, 2014, some 15 years later, Tori says this was an evolution of Choir Girl. The same team as before were building the tracks. There was a lot of experimenting going on. Detura has two drum kits on the track in one of the sections. On Venus, there are times when Matt was playing an electronic drum pads through a guitar amp with guitar pedals. The song Lust is an example of that. Well, had we known, if she'd put it in the booklet, we would have known. It's sad that she has to tell us 15 years later. The subject matter of Detura was guiding me. There were biblical references to contend with and possession energies, subjugation and controlling energies, as well as empowering energies, liberating the heart and the mind. As we all know, some controlling energies can be quite clever in how they get you to be in service to them instead of inspiring you to become your own essence. On some of the records, including Unrepentant Geraldine's, the songs are going after restricting forces that we allow to prohibit our relationship with creativity. Thoughts? She's going to free herself from your religion. That's true. Basically what her entire career is about. Yeah, she's going to free herself from your horticulturism, (laughs) your botanic rituals. I think I get what she means, though, but how do you take this quote? We all know some controlling energies can be quite clever in how they get you to be in service to them. And this is about going after restricting forces that we allow to prohibit us. I feel like this has never been more topical. Tell me. Or relevant. But I don't know how to articulate it any more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, to me, this is kind of looking at right-wing conservatism conservatism and asking how there can be female Republicans, essentially. Yeah. I feel like this is a theme Tori has visited repeatedly. Like, this is a variation on the themes explored in Cornflake Girl and um, Blood Roses, maybe. Like, in what ways have women become part of these systems of oppression and in turn kind of subjugated and controlled other women. And here we're just at a planetary level, like the macrocosm. Perhaps, yeah. I hear you. I was reading um, Reddit, the Tori Amos subreddit, and in a thread from several years ago, someone asked, what are Tori's most difficult or complex compositions slash songs? She said before that the reason she's never played Detour Live is because it switches across so many time signatures. It's too difficult. That's what she said. And I agree. That's why I think she should loop it. 
Well, that's what she did the first time. She should have looped it to Santa and done her raspberry swirl outro with the like swinging arms. It's a good idea. I'm off to the garden party. Hey, yeah, exactly. Hey, she's hey. like going to regulate. <laughs> she's <laughs> screaming to the backstage people. Hey, get out of my garden! Break it up. I'm happy to welcome back Barkley Squared, who I finally had the chance to meet on the last tour. Hi, Barkley. Hello. How are ya? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Uh, pretty good. How's your life changed since our lust episode that you were last on? <laughs> well, I'm hoping to change it for the better. Um, <laughs> Has it gone downhill? Once people found out you were on our show, they shunned you? No, not that. Uh, just I'm here to redeem myself, so hopefully I can do that. What do you mean? I kind of rambled, per usual, but more so. How dare you sit here and tell me that you rambled about Tori Amos, knowing goddamn well I spent over 25,000 hours talking about her. <laughs> There's two girls rambling here, and it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> you have some thoughts on Daytura, yes? Yes. I'm excited because I need to know what people make of this song out there in the world. The young people of the world, what do you make of this song? Well, as a young person, when it came out, uh, youngish, uh, God, 99, I was 17. Uh, but this was one of those songs where I was just like, why is she, she sounds like my mother. She's randomly naming <laughs> off all these different flowers. And I found it really fascinating. Your mother gardens? Yeah. Every time we would get planted somewhere, she would try to, you know, if there was a space to do it, she would put flowers in the garden and try to talk about the meanings of them. So I was like, okay, so what are the meanings of these? You know, it was kind of a weird song to first hear, you know, in that first hearing, because it's like she's naming off this vegetation, like Florida Coonty. Uh, <laughs> and it's like okay, she's naming stuff in her garden, right? But then she's saying, get out of my garden. Then, you know, at one point, I swear she says, come in. And then these different types, uh, these different meanings of these names, these different properties of these flowers, what does it all mean? And uh, clearly she's talking about relationship, but it's not always there on the surface with her. So yeah, it's a really cool song once you give it time. But I think initially it was one of those where I was just like, okay, it's got a good sound. It's got a good structure, but I have no idea where <laughs> we're going. And when I first heard it, it wasn't like bliss. It yeah. didn't hit you like yeah. bliss or glory of the eighties or something like that. Bliss is manageable. Bliss you could take to a party. Bliss you can like hang out with with your other friends because mm. we know what she's bringing, but Tatura, you don't know what she's going to say at the party. Exactly. <laughs> Friend of Penny. I want to probe further about this relationship with your mother and the gardening. My parents have never gardened. My grandparents have never like put together a garden, so I've never was around plants or anything like that. Like growing up with your mom always gardening, what must your life have been like? Was it filled with, were you surrounded by beauty? at all times yes my mom never thought she had a green thumb but there's something very witchy to it and very witchy to this song so in some places i guess it's considered farming and all that kind of stuff as very masculine mm -hmm. but when you think about connecting with the land and understanding how things grow and what's a native or non-native species and how are insects going to come in and birds and stuff like that when you're tying all that into it which my mom did it's like okay there is something and like what this represents like if i sniff this flower and give it to somebody what does that mean if i'm giving this flower to somebody uh if i chew on this petal <laughs> what's gonna happen yeah um, i would say culturally because my mom where and where she comes from i think it was tied into that but it was also just the joy of it getting her hands in the soil trying to connect to the land and as i got older understanding roots because you know we were never in one place for too long and how things became potted plants uh, kind of like 
we were for her. We were just like put to pot, as they say. Oh, wow. Um, to have roots, I think. That's one of the things I take away from what my mom was doing when she was gardening is to make the place that we were at have some kind of signature that she was there and engage with the environment around her, whether it was the birds, the bugs, the land. There's such beauty in that metaphor too, like putting down roots and leaving your imprint on the place. It is kind of witchy to grow things out of soil. You're like conjuring Mother Earth herself. Like you are kind of controlling life in a way. Right. It's like a bridge, a spiritual, natural, ephemeral, however you want to say it, bridge that connects you to that. Because Darwin, my favorite ginger on the beagle, talked about tiny little mouths moving and mom would talk about that. And she would talk to the flowers and the plants too, which sounds like friggin' Alice in Wonderland. But she would also speak with them. So I think that helps. But what she taught me is that you have to make time and you have to understand that particular plant, that particular flower's needs, like with watering and overwatering. Um, I've managed to keep some plants that she bought me when I moved over from England in 2016. I managed to keep some of them alive, which is shocking because it is a challenge. It is difficult, especially when they're potted and you're moving still as you were in your youth a lot. It's like a relationship with Mother Nature, Mother Earth, but it's also a relationship in general. It's it's what needs have to be met and what time do I have to take? Uh, and it's not always the easiest. I read a study once where plants thrive if you talk to them. Is that true? Yes. Wow. I, I believe so, because some people spray the leaves and stuff like that, but it's just understanding what they need. Some don't like to be bothered at all. Some don't like to be watered very much. But some of the cacti that she had when I was living at another place in the Panhandle outside, and it rained a lot, and I thought they were gone, but then all of a sudden they bloomed. And I was like, after, God, how many years have I had these cacti? And I never knew they were blooming cacti. Mm -hmm. And here they are like blooming and I thought they were dead. So yeah, there's some fascinating stuff to nature and life finding a way. Where can people follow you online? Barkley Squared uh, on Instagram. Follow Barkley Squared on Instagram and you can check out the rest of that interview. It's actually very, very interesting. We go into a little bit more about childhood trauma and the mother. And you can find that on patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos. And we'll be right back with more on Detura. This is a cover we found on YouTube by BPK. We'll link to it in our show notes, songsoftoriamos.com. line yeah we definitely <laughs> should uh, let's talk plants okay for this line by line david i have something special in store for you i love surprises okay are you awake yes just checking 
since basically this is a line by line unlike any other line by line we'll ever do like any other time signature before or since and i'm going to google the flower and then you're going to guess the color and i'll tell you if you're right Okay. I started with passion vine already. Passion vine. What color do you think passion vine is? Purple. You're right. I am. Did you know passion vine already? No. It just sounds passionate. I know passion, but not passion vine. Okay, next. Texas sage. Guess. Just green, like any other sage. Well, it's kind of like a off green. I would say almost like brown, yellow, like a yellow green. Okay, we have to get real specific. I see an off green. Yeah, I actually want the hex code from the color wheel. Okay. You don't mind the HTML hex code? This will yeah? make for fascinating listening. Thank you. We're just going to read hex codes. Yes. I've got indigo spires salvia. Indigo spires salvia. But that's listed as salvia, common name, indigo spires, mm. which is also a form of sage. So salvia is the actual thing. So indigo spires salvia. Well, I've had a salvia planted in my garden, and I named her Sylvia the salvia. Oh, you did? Indigo. Of course I did. Sarah Sylvia Cynthia salvia. Well, that's adorable. So you know it's indigo. It's indigo spires salvia. The spires are indigo. Well, salvia comes in different colors, but I mean, she kind of gave it away here up front. The spires are indigo and, and my spires can't feed. Confederate jasmine. Also known as star jasmine. I'd prefer not to have confederate jasmine in my garden. Yeah, was she making a statement? She always is. Red. <laughs> You're like red and white R with the red. Pink. It's like the flag, <laughs> the it's confederate a... flag. That would be wild. I love jasmine. I love a jasmine moment. I'm telling you, it smells amazing. I call her jasmine. Confederate jasmine is white. Oh, it's white. Confederate jasmine. Royal Cape Plumbago. <laughs> Plumbago, the forbidden flower. Oh, uh, you know, purple, blue, a bluish purple. Are you cheating? Off blue. How about that? <laughs> Are you cheating? No, I'm just looking at the document. Well, you're right. It's purple. It's like a purple color. Purple. Purple. Erica Palm. Erica? Erica. Erica. Erica Palm. Uh, a deep, a deep green. You're right. It is a deep green. Are you keeping track of this? I want to know how many I get right. No, you're going to have to keep track of your own. Oh, no. Okay, so you got Passion Vine. You got Texas Sage. You got Indigo Spire Salvia. You did not get Confederate Jasmine. You got Royal Cape Plumbago. You got Erica Palm. Now, what about Pygmy Date Palm? Brownish green. Eh, green. Okay. I wouldn't say it has any brown in it whatsoever, so I wouldn't count that. I don't think you got that right, since you went super specific. I'll make that... Well, you told me to. I feel like this was a trap. Snow on the mountain. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say white. Oh, cute. Green and white. It's mm. Euphorbia marginata. Snow on the mountain. Grown as much for its foliage as for its flowers. Snow on the mountain. Small, but showy leaves. Maybe light green, variegated, or entirely white. He's a shower, not a grower. Do I get snow on the mountain or no? Yes, you do. Yay. Pink powder puff. Pink. Um, pink? Well, according to southfloridaplantguide.com, the pretty powder puff tree blooms with red, pink, or white blossoms. So pink powder puff probably is what she had. It's a safe bet. So yes, you're right. Under the pink powder puff. Caliandra Bravips. Bravipe. That's what the official title, the official mm. name of that plant she is. She sounds gorgeous. A little stuck up. Detura. Oh, gosh. I actually don't know. You don't know what Detour looks like? No, I don't. Because when you see it, you die. Uh. <laughs> it poisons your eyes. Um, Is that also purple? 
Like purple greeny leaves? I don't know. This is interesting to hear what you think Detora is. All these years of hearing Detora, what you visualized in your mind. Mm-hmm. And you visualized purple? It's like when you see a movie adaptation of a book and you don't want to have the way you envision the characters ruined. I didn't want to actually know what Detora looked like in case it was very different from what I was picturing. It looks like Kristen Stewart in my mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone else who will kill you upon first sight. <laughs> No, Detura is actually white. It looks like a kind of truncated calla lily. Mm. It's very unassuming. I might put it in my mouth just if I thought. It's really unassuming. Drop it. Drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Crinum lily or crinum lily. Cry me a lily. Also white. No, a little bit more pink. Okay, that's a no. How poisonous, though, are crinum lilies? And Google says, as with all lilies, crinum lilies are toxic to humans and pets alike. The entire genus can be deadly to cats, while symptoms range from mild to wild for dogs and humans. It is unknown whether the genus is toxic to horses, so use caution when planting. But yeah, more of a pink. More of a pink. Okay. St. Christopher's lily. Yellow gold. St. Christopher's lily which is crinum jogus is, yeah, it's like a yellow white. It's like a white yellow. How mm-hmm, did you know that? Mm-hmm. You are a cheater. You're a cheater. No, I'm just, you know, whatever the name inspires. Oh, really? Yeah. What about silver dollar eucalyptus? Silver dollar eucalyptus. That's silvery green or grayish green, but with like a little bit of a sheen to it, maybe. Oh, you're right. What? My God. <laughs> it is a grayish green if I've ever seen a grayish green. You've done this game with someone. I'm a botanist. Ooh, white African iris. White African iris. Mm, Theron. I mean white. Yes. Okay, done. I mean, yes, but there's a purple and gold center that's like the key part of that plant. Well. Got a white base. A white face? A white base. Oh. But that's like saying, like when you ask what color that chocolate cupcake is, it, yeah, it's chocolate at its base. So you could say brown, but it's covered in white frosting. Yeah, but it could be white chocolate. Oh, God. Fine. You get it. You get another point. Everyone gets a point. What about Katie's Charm Ruelia? Katie's Charm Um, pink. Eh. It's more purple, I would say. Okay. Ruelia Katie, Mexican petunia. Katie, also known as a Mexican petunia or Texas petunia, this vigorous shrubby-based annual features a nice clump of lance-shaped green foliage with blue. And then it goes on, and I don't want to click anymore. My God, this list <laughs> is so long. Are we not even there yet? No. What about variegated shell ginger? Wait, did I get Katie's charm or no? No. Oh. Um, orangey pink. Variegated shell ginger is green. Boo. It's just like a plant. Alpinia zerumbut, commonly known as shell ginger, is a perennial species of ginger native to East Asia. This is about as compelling as Daytura would be live, by the way. (laughs) I think this is fun. (laughs) Everyone likes a good Tory game. Uh We're going to play this. This is going to pop up somewhere. If we ever do another pub quiz, something from here, this episode right now, will come back. All right. We're workshopping it. Okay. Florida (laughs) Coonty. That sounds dirty. Yeah. yeah, it does. Orange. Green. Just like a plant. Okay. Ming fern. Mm, pink? It's hard for me to find out because Ming T is a faux retro mod band consisting of Mike Myers, Susanna Hoffs. It appeared in Austin Powers the movie. That's oh. all I can find. I looked at Ming T flower. Oh, it's just tea. It's jasmine blossom. It's like tea. It's tea. It's tea. It's tea. <laughs> It's tea leaves. I killed a man, tea. It's like brown. Sword fern. Green. Green. Dianella. 
Um, yellow, purple, boo, walking iris. Yeah. Yeah. Also purple. Purple. Yeah. Chocolate cherry salamander. Chocolate cherry, like a deep bloody red. I have to say, chocolate cherry zalamanda is actually alamanda cathartica. Chocolate cherry alamanda, and it's not chocolate cherries, it's chocolate cherry alamanda. It was hard to find. Raspberry red flowers on striking evergreen vine. Shiny buds appear most of the year. Full and they're gorgeous. Look at chocolate cherry alamanda. They're not as gorgeous as they sound though. She makes it sound way hotter. So I didn't quite get that. I said like a deep blood red it's not a blood red but it's more like a they look watercolored they mm. look like uh i would say uh they do look raspberry like that's the only way you can say that color mm. raspberry all right i'm gonna mark that as no a wubuku verbunum white awabuki green it's just a plant mm. There room in my heart for you to follow your heart and not need more blood from the tip of your star. Mm. Can we be equals walking our own path without me needing to assert some sort of control over you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Talk more about that. That's I just did it. Oh, that's it? That's all you're going to say? Yeah. That's all you're contractually obligated to say? Yes. One dissection per line. I agree with you in many ways. To me, there's always been something about like, Will I ever stop sucking you dry? Is there room for me to let you be yourself? If you go back to the 1996 record, stealing fire from men constantly, is there room in my heart? Is there something in me that wants the best for you, whether or not that is with me or not? Mm, mm-hmm. There's something very vampiric about her needing more blood from the tip of his star that you see, you know, it's kind of like a throwback to the 96 record, to Boys for Pele. It's like that needing the blood of the man. And still, we see it crop up here. But if she's singing as the patriarchy, as she said in that big quote that we read earlier, if she's singing in the patriarchy, will there ever be enough room for them not to be siphoning like the natural resources or the blood of women or just the life? And clearly not. Clearly we never, spoiler alert, it never got better, even as of this year, overturning Roe versus Wade. Mm. So I think that makes a lot of sense, especially in the context of being used as part of the bridge of Take to the Sky which I would say is about kind of shaking off the shackles of control. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Gay, 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 gay. And also because it's gay, 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 gay. Which in my mind is always also a mashup with the beginning of, oops, I did it again. Gay, 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 gay. Gay, gay, gay. Being gay is also about shucking the shackles of control. Uh-huh, you bunch of shackle shuckers. Yeah, from the patriarchy. Like being gay is a form of protest. Is there's that, that I don't consider my identity to be a form of protest. I do. You do. There's a quote. Every time we fuck we win, right? You know what I'm talking about? Are you quoting yourself again? <laughs> yeah. No, queer is an FU. We are an army of lovers because it is we who know what love is. We face the rejection of society just to love each other. So every time we fuck we win. Yeah. There's a t-shirt you can buy. Every time we fuck we win. Homo riot. Where I'm getting that is it's a picture on, it's like a painting on the precinct wall. Every time we fuck, we win. It's true. 
I'm not saying that our identity or like existing as a form of protest, but choosing to walk in your glory and choosing to be yourself and choosing to love who you love. Maybe not so much now, but being, I mean, still in some parts of the world, but choosing to be your authentic self is a form of protest. Sometimes it can be when you're up against what we can be up against, right? I guess I just take a little bit of exception to that because my identity is not like wrapped up in like the physical act of sex. That's like totally incidental as far as I'm concerned. And I'm more concerned about loving myself. Yeah, for sure. But when looked at from the outside, and it's not about sex necessarily, being queer is not all about sex because a lot of times gay men can be feminine and it's not so much about the sexual aspect, but the fact that they are feminine can really evoke rage in a heterosexual male enough to cause violence i think there's enough pressure on sex before i have to look at it as an act of protest <laughs> there's this... enough pressure on sex before i have to do it okay <laughs> this is a political <laughs> statement now that's what you should say to all of your lovers we won i'm letting you have me as a political statement <laughs> you are welcome generous don't forget to vote and then you have to hand out stickers at the end and that say i voted uh-huh, i voted <laughs> <laughs> that's why every time you see someone with that sticker think oh you got another one <laughs> Walking iris. Didn't we already do that one? Yes. Green. Oh, no. Purple. You said it. Chocolate cherry alabanda. Right. These three are repeats. It's because the gardener repeated himself. (laughs) He didn't realize he wrote it. It's like you're you're breaking up. What? He should be credited as a co-writer. That never goes well for people. I know. Natal plum. Natal plum. Plum. Yeah. It's plum. (laughs) Black magic tea. Mm, red almost black well that would make sense almost black cordyline black magic tie plant dark purple to maroon coloration turning black with age multicolors of green maroon and black i actually think this is gorgeous that's what i want i can't keep any plants alive though what about you Mm, i do okay Ah. (laughs) mexican bush sage green purple like a purple Mm. purple and this grows all around Las Cruces. Salvia lusantha, the Mexican bush sage, is an herbaceous perennial plant that is native to subtropical and tropical conifer forests in central and eastern Mexico. But it, there's this is all around Las Cruces or something very similar. Mexican bush sage. What about gumbo limbo? Gumbo limbo. Mm, no idea. Blue. Um... Gumbo limbo is actually a tree, and it is tree-colored. It's oh. brown and green. But there's orange sometimes on it. Okay. Orange, like, mossy stuff grows on it. Golden shrimp. Golden shrimp. Pinky orange. Yellow. <sighs> Belize shrimp. Belize. Pinky orange. Pinky orange. Woohoo! You got it. Senna. Senna. Purple. Yellow. Mm. Weeping sabaku. Weeping sabaku. Tree. It is a tree. How'd you know? It's like a weeping willow. Golden shower tea. Golden shower tree. Eek. Let's say a tree with yellow blossoms on it. <laughs> I hope not. It's black. It's a tea. It's a black tea. Oh, well, this has tree, what I'm looking at. Oh, golden shower tree. Oh. <laughs> I read golden shower tea. Golden shower tree. Golden shower tree. You're right. It's yellow. <laughs> it's like golden shower. Mm. Hey, what happens in your garden? Golden trumpet tea. Tree. <laughs> Also, yellow tree. Yes. Bird of paradise. Bird of paradise. Have you seen the drawing that sort of, you know, makes sure that you're orienting the bird of paradise correctly and looking at the head where the head should be and not like, you know. I haven't, but I love it. 
a bird of paradise can look like a cartoon bird with like a headdress on, but you're actually looking at it the other way. The beak is where it like meets the stem, and then the point is the tail, and the fanned bloomy part is the wing and not like a tiara headpiece. Got it. Yes. Bird of paradise. Mm-hmm. So you got that one. You know what that. I didn't even. What about come in? Come in. That's also a lyric. Come in. Is she just like, hello? Someone knocked in the middle of the song. She was like, it's fine. You can come <laughs> yeah, in. Honestly, like, we'll just bury this in the mix. <laughs> Variegated shell ginger we've done. Detura lonicera. Purple. Like yellow. Like a yellow red. Yellow red? Like a yellow orange. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Red velvet costas. Red velvet costas. Yep, red and yellow. Hey. Xanadu philodendron. Xanadu philodendron. Xanadu. She feels electric pink or something. She's green. She's a good girl. Mm. Snow queen hibiscus. Snow queen hibiscus. White. Red. Red. Okay, queen. Okay, snow queen. It's like she's in the snow wearing all red. She's like the evil queen. Dramatic. <laughs> oh, Queen Hibiscus. Frangipani. 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 Green. Or white. White. And mm. with a yellow center. White. I'm going to give me that one. Frangipani. Although Frangipani can be in many colors. Red Frangipani, pink Frangipani. Any color would have been right. Okay. Bleeding heart. Yeah. Red. Red. Or pink. Persian shield. Yeah. Persian shield. Yeah. No yellow. Blue, purple. You're wrong. Cat's whiskers. Green, just a plant. Purple. <laughs> Lavendery. Royal palm. Royal palm. Green, just a plant. Totally green. It's a palm. Sweet alyssum. Sweet alyssum. White. Purple. God, I'm so bad at this. I lost it. Yeah, you were doing so good in the beginning. No. Petting bamboo. Petting bamboo. Green. Bamboo. Brown. No, David, you're thinking of regular bamboo. Petting bamboo is the bamboo you pet, but it's also green. Hmm. Orange jasmine. Orange jasmine. Orange. It's actually white. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Tricky, tricky. Clitoral blue pea. Clitoral blue pea. Blue pea. Blue. And can we talk about how it's clitoria blue pea? But she definitely says clitoral, right? She would. Clitoral blue pea. Clitoral blue My pea. My sister. Clitorides. Clitorides. It is blue. Did you say blue? Yeah. Downy jasmine. Downy jasmine. White. Purple. White. White. Oh, I got it right. Okay. No, 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 no. White. Detura, frangipani. Detura and frangipani. Detura. Frangipani. You can't count those as double. You know that, right? What do you mean I can't count them? No, I know. Okay. How many did you get right? And how many were there? I got 25. Okay. Out of how many? Plus 24. You got 25 out of 24? How's no, no, that possible? No, no, Plus 20. No, no, no. Plus 24. Oh. So what is that? 49? Out of 49? Out of 49. You got 25 out of 49? So a little over half. That is 51% you got, which is enough to earn your horticulture degree. Is it? Because in school, that would be a failing grade, but okay. Well, from Drive All Night University, we salute you. David Nadine Anderson. 
We look forward to a long and studied career and great work from you in the field of botanology. May your future as a botaniculturist and hortologist be long. You have an MFA in horticulturology. Oh, we definitely grade on a curve. We sure do. And now it's time for your celebration song provided by Deep Forest. Do you remember that band? <laughs> yes, I do. At least it's not courtesy of Enigma. Mixed by Enigma. No, 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 no. Thai, Sabaku, Sabaku. <laughs> Chocolate cherry salamander. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. What is your favorite lyrical moment of this song? Oh, we didn't. Yet. Now we can get into the real lyrics. Canaan. As we learned from Tori herself, Canaan is a planet because it is. Well, Canaan appears also in the Bible, and I found this for Canaan, which was an ancient region between the River Jordan and the Mediterranean, corresponding roughly to Israel, the promised land of the Israelites. So Canaan is slang in the Bible, according to uh, dictionary.com, for Israel. Well, just to clarify, I'm not suggesting that Canaan is actually a planet or that's really what Tori was saying I think she uh, was just like translating it into intergalactic Venus speak I agree you're right the land of Canaan was situated in the territory of the southern Levant which today encompasses Israel the West Bank and Gaza Jordan and the southern portions of Syria and Lebanon so the land of Canaan was divided amongst the 12 tribes of Israel so I have to believe that's also part of what's happening here mm-hmm Especially because we're talking about who owns the planet and how mm-hmm. can you divide the planet? What are borders? What are state lines? What are, yeah. We're crossing state lines. Johnny. And whose is it to give away? Who owns the goods? Mm-hmm. Like you can't give away someone else's pieces. You can't, no one can give away my property. As we talk, I'm sensing that this song has ties to flavor as well. Talk more about it. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just refuse. I've said my piece. That's as I've far as I got. I've said my piece. God. I've come here to say. Who's God? Then he's God. They all want jurisdiction. Who's God? Then is God. They all want jurisdiction. Yes. Spread fear. Spread love. Love. It's hard for me not to look at flavor and think it's just like a sprinkling, like religion just adds a little texture, like a little flavor to our life. Mm-hmm. And that's what she means, like spreading flavor. We're just spreading, you know, you've got like Christian flavor over here. You've got Judaism over here. We're just sprinkle, just like little sprinkles. I can't help but listen to that song that way. But I do understand what you're saying. Like, who's God, then is God. They all want jurisdiction. Who owns the land? Who is, who's responsible? Who's in charge? Who can say? Who can say? Yeah, and then, you know, in Flavor, we're kind of looking at things from the far reaches of space or looking at Earth from the far reaches of space, and then we zoom in. And it's mm-hmm. kind of the idea of that camera in Venus, maybe, orbiting or zooming in. So we have the Earth and all of its, I don't know, 
unplundered <laughs> glory and feminine majesty. But then when we zoom in, we've kind of drawn all these arbitrary, meaningless lines and divided things up and tried to take control and control other people. So that's good. Spot on. I love it. There's also cities in the United States called Canaan in Arkansas, Connecticut, Indiana, Maine, Missouri, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New York, and Vermont. Do you want to go to Canaan, Connecticut with me? Sure. It's pretty close. Let's go to Canaan, New Hampshire. Let's do a tour of Canaan. Let's do all the Canaan. Okay. Me and my dad, when he retires, are planning to do all the baseball stadiums oh, yeah. in the United States one summer. That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. But I'm going to see if he wants to get on board with this instead. How many are there? How many baseball stadiums? Yeah. 30. Oh, like That's it? Major League Baseball? 30. Yeah. yeah. There's probably more, but there's 30 active teams in the Major League system. This is not a baseball show. This is very inside baseball, though. Dividing Dodgers. Dividing Doyers. It's actually a good name for their autobiography. If you want to talk about how they displaced the Mexicans when they built Dodger Stadium. Anyway, who would you cast as a tour? I would cast Uma Thurman. Ooh, do tell. Because she also played Poison Ivy. <laughs> and that's the first thing. Remember what I said last time? I'm just going to go with whatever the first thing that pops into my head is. So. I'm into it. How about you? And actually, I'm into it because that's a really good reason. Because she also played Poison Ivy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm awaiting your casting decision. Oh, how about me? Yeah. I think it would have to be Mia Goth. And here's why. Ooh. I know, because she's young. And the song needs a young energy. The song is wild. It's wow, just... this is so unexpected in Hollywood. I'm casting her because she's young. Well, this song is young. It's a wild energy. Really? But she's like, she has such ancient wisdom. Yeah, but then you find out she's actually ancient because she's also brunette. That's right. That's how you signal a smart girl. And she played, Mia Goth played Pearl as both a young woman and as an ancient crone. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm just looking for a vehicle for Florence Pugh. I hope it's Spring Haze. Every vehicle is for Florence Pugh. Oh, you're right. She's so good. Uh, what was your favorite lyrical moment, by the way? Um, friend Japani. I guess we can also expand this to vocal performance. Hey, ha. Get out of my garden. Just the wailing and screaming, you know. It's not really I wailing. love Dividing it's... Canaan. I could literally put Dividing Canaan on a loop for an hour, two hours. And Why be... would you do that? She's already done it for you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it an eight-hour loop and put it on YouTube. Mm. Just to get you into a trance state. Okay. You know, for the next time you take Vetura. Can you send me the URL so I can block it? You're on one today. It's that tea Emily The artist you. is on one. And she was. Should we listen to Yanta? Oh, man. Is it nine minutes long? Hell yeah! Oh, and we're gonna love every God. second! Passion Vibe, Texas Sage. Royal K. Plumbago, Erica Palm, Confederate Jasmine. What if we just recreate? What if it's yeah. just karaoke to us? Because we know we'll never get a chance to sing this anywhere else. Snow on the mountain, pink powder puff. <laughs> Silver <laughs> <laughs> so Dolly Eucalyptus. White African Iris. 
corrugated shell ginger. Florida Kunti. Florida Kunti. Detura. This is already sending me into a manic state, and I love it. A manic state. Yes. This does kind of sound like a piano through the guitar amp. Oh, interesting. Is that what he's trying to approximate? Or it could also just be synth. Hard to tell, but it doesn't sound unlike if six was nine, right? Right. Old tricks coming back up. This was back in 1999, so I feel like they would go all the way by putting the piano through the guitar amp and not try to just do a synth Mm -hmm. replica. Yeah, they were like really committed to the production elements. And it is spacey. It really is. I wonder how long it took Yanta to work on this. Hard not to do it. Mexican bush. Golden shrimp. Gumbo limbo. I just think this part is so beautiful. I always go back to just these noises, these sounds, and I think that's something that is so unique to Detura is just how they created all of, there's just like a rich wall of just interesting sounds and tones throughout the whole piece. getting interesting yeah i love the drama of this i feel like i'm walking into like a gallery space and there's just like these ambient tones yes this is what i meant when you're like an immersive theater in like a big warehouse Mm -hmm. there's something honestly and there's something very womb-like 
I do feel safe. And I feel like I'm in a giant, like, undelineated room, like a giant space where I don't have any limitations or walls. And there is a blue, like a fluorescent blue, electric blue light coming from somewhere, and the rest is foggy, hazed. And I'm walking, trying to find that light. And I imagine that's what being on detour is like. Mm. I'm just floating in utero and Mother Gaia is talking to me, so I'll recognize her voice. like a scene palabras version of everything where the piano is just kind of pulled out I don't think so I know scene palabras has like the other orchestration too but I think it's more likely with these two albums Venus and Choir Girl than ever we could do for Pele because of the location recording this is making me emotional me too yeah I'm upping my Patreon pledge to Yanta right now. And you should too. Patreon.com slash Yanta. That was incredible. First of all, how difficult that must have been. But it was incredible. What did you think? I feel like I'm the entire ocean now. 
Yeah, I loved this song already. Don't get me wrong. I came in a big Detura fan. I have appreciated this song from the moment it, I said earlier, I thought it was going to surpass like Hotel is my favorite and it never did. I think it might. I think just like the production what? of it, I never appreciate. Well, I appreciated this song so much and still I'm now realizing I never quite appreciated it the way it should be appreciated. This song is the height of experimentation that they ever did. This is her at her peak with other people in the room as a producer, as a player, creating sonic world, loops coming together with like actual meaningful subject matter without any regard to musical form in terms of like, I'm going to follow any structure or follow what a song should be. This is just like what it was. It's a complete event. Yes. And now I want to do, I want to do a 10 minute, I want to do a 10 minute dance piece to the song, to the list of plants. I want to do a 10 minute dance piece to the quote, Detura, Detura for the win. I'm, this is shot to the top of my Venus chart. <laughs> what else is there to I'm say? I'm serious. I'm serious. The attention paid to spending so much time in the ocean, as you said, or in this like empty space with a blue light, as I envisioned, or in the womb, or roaming through it's like we entered the center of the earth or the center of Venus. Like we're like dropped off on Venus and there's just this like galaxy around us that there were no parameters to it. I really felt that from the music just now. And that's Yanta. I can't imagine what it was like in this. Oh my God, I love it. Well, I was going to say that's what the essence of the song has. But for me, it's kind of obscured under all the layers of production. And that's my own folly for never having listened deeper. <laughs> it's my own fault. I blame myself. <laughs> Because I'm a lyrics girl. I'm actually not a lyrics girl so much as I am a vocal performance girl. Like, that's my number one thing. Some people are lyrics and music. I like to add a third category of vocal performance, and that's where I live. Like, that's my first thing, then music. What was your favorite musical moment? Um, I think the Is There Room in My Heart section. Oh, yeah, that first breakdown. Yeah, where we kind of saw the connection to If Six Was Nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Good choice, Queen. And you? Oh, the whole end. Oh my God, I could live there forever. I'm actually going to loop Yanta. <laughs> I'm going to loop it and I'm just going to play it all night. It's a great I'm idea. Sleep to it. It actually made me emotional. I'm not joking. It made me tear up. Hmm. What was coming up for you? Where were you getting I teary? don't know. The fact that we all have a place in this world. Hmm. And that, no, it's not even that. It's like this idea that we're wandering through space alone. I had this vision of like being dropped off in space. Like you're in this empty space alone, searching for the light calm and peaceful without any sort of human baggage and then on top of that is six billion other people like if you superimpose them i once directed a play called hotel where eight hotel rooms took place in one space and they were all like superimposed on each other so if you superimpose six billion or eight billion people however many now into this one empty space with this idea that we're all wandering through space looking for that thing that's what made me emotional is that like you can be so surrounded but completely alone in this vast but not in a bad way that you're on a journey on your own and that there is room for everyone and that there is space for everyone even if you when when you're all superimposed on each other it may fe not feel like it or may not look like it but in the vast expanse of things or when you sort of remove all of the cells or all the layers and you get down to your layer there you are there that's just about you i don't know there's something very warm about it to me i love it amazing and then there's also this voice that comes in out of nowhere and i can only describe him as the astronaut that just landed on venus and he's ready for anything, and I love this part. Ready. 
I think you're my favorite Tori song now. <laughs> Thank you. I think Yanta's my favorite Tori song. <laughs> I guess now it's time for the interviews, and I'll talk to you again in the live section. <laughs> okay, see you then. Take a break. Take a load off. Make some tea. Make some <laughs> mint tea. Some Ming tea. Is that what kind of tea that Emily cousin sent you? Ming tea? <laughs> <laughs> there might be some of that in there. Yes. All right. We're calling it an afternoon. <laughs> I'll talk to you in the live section. All right. Go drink your tuppa tea. <laughs> Here's a cover of Detour by Carl William Lund, and we'll link to this in our show notes, songsatoriamus.com. with Alicia Scholl from Portland. We talked in Portland and Seattle on the last tour, and she's a Detura super fan. She's been on our Liquid Diamonds episode. Hi, Alicia. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Efren. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm still a little sore from the joke you pulled on the community several years ago, but that's fine. I'm going to re-record that for you, and I'm going to give you my fake Ocean to Ocean album I I made before the album came out, too. I got to re-record Okay, great. That. I love it. Because <laughs> Patreons know Alicia from pulling a prank on the community by putting up like a little clip on YouTube of she swore she'd heard the Michael Stipe do it. It might hurt a bit. She swore she'd heard it. And she recreated it on the piano. And who fell for it? This bitch. I did. I fell for it because it was so authentic. You know, you really got her voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and the <laughs> piano. And my friend who did it with me was a super fan of Michael Stipe. So. Oh, perfect. But I lost the recording. I, I accidentally deleted the YouTube. So I got to recreate it. Awful. Okay, so what about Detura? You love the weird stuff, which I love too. So talk to me about Detura. I love Detura. I don't know if it's my number one. It probably is my number one on To Venus and Back. And to me, it's the centerpiece of the entire album. It's what makes Venus outer space Mm. album to me. It's unlike anything in her catalog. Like you said, it's weird, but it starts off 
bam, you're right into it. The rhythm is just so unusual. And I know that she's never played that part of the song live, but that's always in my imagination. Like I was hoping she would play that for the new tour, but it just has this like manic rhythm. And of course the Detoura is a hallucinogen. So it plays into that feeling. And then when she has this list of plants, it's like this invocation. Well, hold there. Let me talk to you about the music. Cause you've just brought up two things in my mind that I haven't thought about at all today on this episode, which is one, this rhythm is what makes this album outer space. So then I, my mind is wandering to like, is this what Venus just sounds like? Like maybe all music is in six, eight, seven, eight, 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 nine, eight, six, eight, eight, eight. <laughs> like maybe that's just music on Venus. Well, it's kind of both because there's two parts to the song, right? Like there's the first really driving, get out of my garden. Hey! Yeah. And then there's the second divide in Canaan part, which is the expanse of emptiness of space. It was like the galaxies floating by and it's this very cold, beautiful, sparkling energy to the second part. But the first part is like we're blasting off into the rocket. Yeah, it's like the rocket ride. Yeah, exactly. It, especially when the bridge comes in, it just feels like... It's like, like the G-Force. <laughs> yeah, and all of those very strange electronic sounds, you know, the mechanics of the ship that you're in, but at the same time you have these plants well, i remember i think it was the concertina episode where you two were talking about it's the science and beauty of both plants and space at the same time oh, which yeah. is such a interesting connection but it makes so much sense because they're both the beauty of science right i love this idea that the music is like the blasting off or like the rocket ship ride and then you were just about to say something about an invocation because to me then if we're putting her in the rocket blasting off into space then the list of plants becomes like a mantra. Like, you know, you don't want to get the, what it, not the bends, but you know, the, like the space bends. Yeah, no. And it's like you're, um, I think in an interview before she said something like it's a roll call mm-hmm. of who's allowed into the garden. Mm-hmm. But it's also like if you're in a rocket ship, it could be you're checking off like engines, check, fuel, check, da, 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 like all the things that you need to go on to this journey. Yeah. Did I bring the frangipani? Yeah. By the way, I loved that intro of the science fiction oh. <laughs> show you had at the very intro to Venus. That was spectacular. Oh, thanks. Someone noticed <laughs> that old thing. <laughs> um, okay, so now talk to us about this invocation and the second part of the song, the bridge forward. Talk to us about that. The bridge, it's like where you finally have liftoff. Like you're, you're blasting up, you're getting out of the atmosphere, and then you're finally like everything opens up and you're looking out of the cabin window and the part where like it just gets me every single time when I hear that bridge it's just like a heart opening up where she says is there room in my heart to follow your heart without needing more blood from the tip of your star and it really connects to spring haze for me when she says I found it where my edge is and it bleeds into where you resist and it's like this expansion of your heart but still trying to have limits and boundaries and that's also where get out of my garden comes in because that's so powerful and it could mean so many different things it could mean like get the hell away from me (laughs) it could be like this is my space this is my container and my boundary but it could also be a flip to you know the garden of eden and but she's claiming her garden and saying you know i can choose who i allow into my garden or not 
Now, I always love Detura. Again, I love anything that is challenging listening. I really, really do. But just now, the song just kind of opened up for me as we were listening to Yanta, his stripped away version. Mm-hmm. It just, I had an emotional experience with it, which I'd never had before. How do you feel about that ending where it is just like this vast openness? Well, it's interesting. Right before that, when you're talking about Yanta's stripped down version, there's one part in the music where all of the kind of electronic effects slip away and then it sounds very acoustic where it just kind of strips down to her piano line and the drums, which is really cool because that's kind of how I would imagine it if she played it like live stripped down with drums. But yeah, with the second part, the dividing cane in part now, I hope I will learn from your lyrical analysis because I'm not up on all the technical biblical history about Canaan and whatnot, but it's more about the music to me for the second part where, you know, it's this like expanse of the universe. And then when the drums kick in mm. every time, it's almost like you didn't know there was this rhythm underneath because it's just so atmospheric. And then suddenly you're like, there was this invisible rhythm underneath it the entire time. At the very end of Detoura, it transitions just so beautifully into Spring Haze because it's almost like if you're going back to the image of the rocket ship, it's like in from the end of Detoura, you hear that zip sound and then it goes into like you're coming back into the cloudy atmosphere of Earth and you're trying not to have a crash landing in Spring Haze. Oh, I love yeah. that. Tell people where they can find you online and listen to your music. Yeah, so my Your name, actual music, not your Tori Michael Stipe yes, music. Yes, no, my original music uh, is my band Starlash. We are on all streaming, you know, Bandcamp, Spotify, Tidal, all that. You can find our two albums and send me a message on Instagram if you want to, Starlash Music. Great. And, Follow yeah. Alicia Starlash. Thank you for being on the show and we'll talk again. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Of course, that was a small part of a much longer interview, which you can find on our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash songs, which I missed. It was a really fantastic conversation. I do recommend checking it out. Already posted, available now. And now here's something that I find very interesting. You may have gotten this image of me throughout the course of this episode as a Detura enthusiast. And yes, I am interested. And I'm more interested in the political ramifications of calling this like the death plant. Like that's what I'm more interested in. The region and the idea of the Native Americans, all of that stuff and how we kind of dismiss the hallucinogenic culture surrounding shamanic rituals. That's what I'm really interested in. But I found a few horror stories of taking Detura that I think should be will offer you another perspective so trigger warning if you have any kind of drug breakdown in your past but I thought this was really interesting Detura is a horse of a different color Um, uh, I don't consider it a true hallucinogen I would classify it as a deliriant Uh, I know that it's very big in magic and I, um, I understand why, because it's a confusant, and magic depends on confusion. Even stage magic depends on a certain confusion, you're looking in the wrong place and so forth. And uh, what Detura does, it's very hard to keep control of it. It erodes the core processes of the self so that you lose track of who you are, where you are, what exactly has happened. Uh, I took uh, 
I took Datura several times in Nepal and had very strange experiences. I mean, they're not like other psychedelic experiences. I remember sitting in my little room in Bodenoff on the third floor and I had an open window. And I was sitting there alone waiting for this stuff to come on and then my mind would wander and I would think, it's not working, it's just some kind of it's crap, it's not working. And then I would kind of lose attention and these literally ghost-like forms, wraiths, would come floating in my window like in a cartoon and they were carrying large sheets of newsprint and they would release this newsprint and it would flutter down across the room and like land across my lap and I would fall forward and be reading these stories and, and as I read I would realize this is it this is the answer this is the and I would like pull out of it and then I say oh, it's not working <laughs> it's not working and then go back into this weird place well that went on for about a half an hour and but then a more in fact this is what I referred to this morning when I said I've had many experiences where I was glad nobody else was there because I felt they would become alarmed and then create a brohaha and what happened in these Nepali experiences is I was then re slowly became aware something was going on and so I'm sitting there waiting for this thing to hit suddenly I lift my leg up and throw it behind my back and then the other one and then put my arm through and I'm there in this totally spazzed out knotted position say hmm this is weird um, very carefully unfold unfold lay down breathe deeply and then it would happen all over again and I think <sighs> boy I'm glad nobody else is here and this went on for hours and I just felt you know it's telling me I'm not for it they say you know these things choose you and and it was it was clearly uh, it was clearly not for me but then I observed other people and they didn't seem to be handling it too well either a couple of days later I was in the market buying tomatoes and I met this guy and I said I had this detour trip and geez I don't know and he said yeah I'm uh, I'm experimenting with it too in fact uh, I'm, I'm stoned right now. And I said, oh, really? Well, you seem to be handling it all right. And then the conversation proceeded a little more. And then he made a remark that clued me to the fact that he thought we were in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so then I, I felt, uh, you know, this is weird. This is terrible. You know, we're, re we're losing hold of it completely. We don't know whether, you know, we're Agnes or Angus or it's day or night. I'm on the line with Mika Kuz from Finland and he reached out to us five years ago literally 2017 and said hey when you get to Daytura surely soon I would love to be on that episode and I said of course well five years later and here we are finally making time to sit down and talk about this song hi Mika hello Efren and yeah I've I've waited with baby <laughs> uh... as has the world as have we <laughs> So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. Um, you've been a supporter of the podcast for a very long time. Please, finally, tell the world your Tori story, how you discovered her music, everything. Tell us. The thing with the, how I discovered her music, the interesting thing is that my older sisters already listened to her music when I was very young. I was like six, seven, eight years old. I remember liking like some songs, 
But later in my teenage years, I was like a rock and metal listener. And I was like 16, 17. I sort of stumbled upon her stuff. I think it was first like Mr. Zebra. I really liked that song. And then I listened to From the Choir Girl Hotel and then to Venus and Back. And I just, you know, I got hooked basically. And uh, it was weird for me because at the time I was like so purist about being into rock and metal that it was at the time I felt it was really weird to be listening to Tori but obviously now I'm like over 30 years old I'm over it I love that you know she has that whole influence from Led Zeppelin so she at her heart is clearly a rock girl so I wonder if that translated to you like you could feel the soul yeah I think so and from the choir girl hotel and this album they're her most rocky albums but she has done so many different kinds of things too. You're a musician as well? I Yeah, I used to play drums when I was younger and uh, I dabble with guitar. Yeah. So your sisters gave you Tori and then you took her and ran with it? Well, basically, yeah. To me, the most important thing and what's like my favorite thing about music, especially today, is that I like the emotion. Like nobody really expresses emotion in the music the way she does to me that to me stands out really in Torres music okay so what was it about Detura so you're you're listening to Tavinas and back do you remember the first time you heard Detura yeah I do this song really stands out I think even in her whole catalog and even though this album has kind of a cohesive sound this song to me is well obviously first of all it's like eight minutes and 20 something seconds long and it starts with those time signatures and you're like, this sounds like a, almost like a progressive rock song. And uh, yeah, I remember counting like, what, what's the time signature? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was playing drums at the time. I, like, it, it really surprised me how it goes from six to seven to six to nine to six to eight. And uh, then in the second half, it goes to that uh, electronic section. And it kind of almost reminds me of like some electronic or electronic music artist like Aphex Twin or mm, something like that. I see and it. I've, yes. Yeah. And that's maybe the closest to that kind of thing you ever heard in Taurus music. I love a lover of time signatures. Until this point, was it just hotel? Like that was the most complex like time signature wise? Oh, yeah. That's one of my other favorite yeah. songs. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing song too. Whenever I listen to it, it actually goes by like faster than I expect because it's, you know, it has the verses and then it has that amazing bridge which is actually where it's just 4-4, four, four, but it's my favorite part. Mm -hmm. And then goes back to the verse. And then the second half is just this mood. You sort of get lost in it, and it goes on for four minutes. But at the end, I always feel like, oh, that was just a few minutes. That wasn't eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. And don't you think it's interesting because it's like just a list of plants? It's almost like that joke that, you know, like she could just sing a phone Read the book. phone book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good point. Yeah, and she actually did it. It's just a list of plants, and she made an amazing song out of it. Yeah, so, it's a plant phone book. Yeah. How do you feel about her pairing the tour with Take to the Sky? I, I don't know really about that, because it's such a shame she's never played the full song. Because mm -hmm. I also know in like 2005, 
she said she would eventually do it. Yes. I wish she would do the whole song, honestly. I, I mean, it's it seems super complicated. Yeah, maybe the verses are just difficult to play, actually. Yeah. It seems like it could go off track pretty easily. You know, it's almost like a tool track or something. Kind of, yeah. I, I hear that. Yeah. And like a sort of industrial rock. Yeah, you could imagine like a band like that. Uh, if you did it with electric guitars, it would work. Yeah, actually, I would love to hear that too. <laughs> this is what I think too. I think it was like a loop that was created in the studio. This is just my personal opinion that it might have been a loop that was created from like, you know, she played like a, a section and they just like looped it. And that's, you know, and then she sat back and read the plant list. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So that might be an, another barrier. Yeah. Mika, where can people find you online so they can follow you? I do have a Twitter, even though, you know. Yeah. Twitter who knows is. if that'll last. <laughs> um, it's at Winter Wonder. It's my Twitter, which I've lately only used as a um, competitive fighting game player <laughs> account, really. Yeah, that's that's my main social media, honestly. Is Winter your signature song or is Detour your signature song? I'd say Detour, but I mean, Winter is another classic. Follow Mika on Twitter if the platform sticks around. Let's have you back. Are you a Slayer fan? I know you like metal. I do like Slayer, but if I had to pick one of the big four trash metal bands, Metallica would be my favorite. Well, she doesn't cover them on Strange Little Girls. No, but (laughs) uh, the Slayer cover is awesome too. I may invite you back for the Slayer episode as our resident. You're going to be our resident prog rock expert. Is that okay? Uh, Yeah, I do like that. Uh, And I actually managed to make one uh, friend of mine buy that album just by showing him the the slayer oh really he was like yeah okay that's weird okay save that story (laughs) so you're you'll definitely be there we'll see you we'll see you during raining blood all right all right great i look forward to everybody follow mika bye bye this is daryl banner with a 16-bit cover of detura
Welcome back to the lounge, David. Oh my God, our garden is overgrown. What do you see before you? This needs some tending to. It's very viney, but I like it. I spent all my money on the plants. I could not afford a gardener. That's so. okay. <laughs> They're all just here. It'll I'm just sorry. get hit by a hurricane anyway. Please don't step on that. Please don't step on the, the weeping sibaku. <laughs> I'll give you a reason to weep. <laughs> Daytura is a hard song to track because she's never performed the full song live. As we all know, we're basically here to track Take to the Skies with Daytura Bridges. Eh? That's exactly what we're doing. She hasn't even come close to performing the whole song. Just a snippet. Just a snip. Just like a Daytura wink. Sneak, sneak. Yeah. The first time she ever performed the Datura Bridge solo was in October 2011 on the Night of Hunters tour in Brussels, Belgium, and it was part of the Take to the Sky Bridge. Roll that, Oliver. blown mine's blown do you think take to this guy is a little bit offended by this absolutely you get out of my garden she performed detura bridge as we call it four times in 2011 and the next time after brussels because it went over so well she performed it on november 12 2011 in johannesburg south africa at the end of the set
When you heard that she had done it with Take to the Sky, what did you think? I want to know if Take to the Sky is a little bit offended by this. Or let's say I was offended on behalf of Take to the Sky. Why? Because I imagine her being like, I'm not just a vehicle for whatever song you want to cross off your list, okay? Muhammad, my friend, <laughs> Heal the Earth Move, and now Detura. What are we even talking about? What are you doing here? Are you sure? You... <laughs> You don't think Tori would be sensitive to whether her song was offended? Not always. Mothers aren't always attuned to their children. Oh, you're telling me. I don't think she was offended personally, but I agree with you. To me, it's not the essence of the song. To me, I mean, clearly this is an important moment in the song, but to me, the essence of the song is is the whole thing, is the time, to, is like it's all of it. That's like saying you're going to perform any song and then throw in the give me more chorus and call it hotel mashup. No. Or even maybe a closer parallel would be if Tori were to just play like the instrumental outro of Hotel (laughs) and equate that with being the whole song. You didn't like my parallel? I did, but I feel like we could get even closer. And we did. And we did. And we did. Well, when I first heard that she had done Detura with Take to the Sky, I thought for sure it was a one-off thing. And I thought for sure I would never hear it because still it was exciting. It wasn't the whole song, but it was still exciting. Don't you think? Definitely. I kind of agree. I thought maybe someone had been asking for Daytura, and this was her response. Like, this is the best way I can do this right now, so it's not going to be a recurring thing. But then it kept coming back. So So anyway, I thought for sure I would never hear it, but then she performed it on December 18th, 2011, and that was in Los Angeles. You were there. I was there. We were all there. Everyone's here. Everyone's queer. We all got used to it. Here it is. The next time Detour pops up is at the Caprice Festival in 2013 on March 10th in Switzerland. Roll that, Oliver. Is there a moment in my heart for you to follow? 
we hear from Datura a couple times during the 2014 Unrepentant Geraldine's promo cycle, specifically at the record release party on April 8th and at Rough Trade on April 29th. And I'm going to play the record release because I love this performance. You can find it on YouTube. Fantastic. She looked amazing. Toro would see Take to the Sky 19 times on the Unrepentant Geraldine's tour. Isn't that hallucinogenic? Wow. Isn't that like an elixir that one might take? Jerry be tripping. The first time was the first show of the tour on May 5th, 2014 in Cork, Ireland. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, Elwin. did it three times in the 2015 festival circuit in the summer tour. This is June 8th, 2015 in Finland in Helsinki.
Native Invader Tour. On the 2017 tour, Native Invader, she performed this bridge twice with Take to the Sky, the first time being in Dublin, Ireland, at the beginning of the tour, and here it is. Listen to this. This is wild. listen to our Take to the Sky episode, you know the journey that Take to the Sky started out with its own bridge in the very, very beginning, and then she dropped the bridge for a long time. I love this journey of Take to the Sky. She dropped the bridge for a long time, then she came back and brought the bridge back, then it got elongated with the band in the first part of Scarlet's Walk, then she added I Feel the Earth Move, and it got longer. Then when she recorded it for Welcome to Sunny Florida, she threw out I Feel the Earth Move and picked up Muhammad, my friend. Then Earth Move came back. Then it was like her own wild bridge in 07. Then I Feel the Earth Move handed the song off to Detura. And then Detura took several years, like worked on it for several years, you know, like I'll take, this is my shift basically. <laughs> well, finally, I Feel the Earth Move and Detura came together one time only one time only, and it was September 16th in Frankfurt, Germany, and Detora handed the song back to I Feel the Earth move. Like, I've done my time. Wow. <laughs> you go. You know? Isn't that beautiful? It's like the Summer Queen and the Holly King passing yes, the torch. Exactly. As it's it like... was intended, Detora. Exactly. It's a tale as old as time. Boy meets girl. Detora meets Take to the Sky. Take to the Sky meets I Feel the Earth move. Beautiful. I feel the sky tumbling down. I feel the earth
That was the last time we've heard from Detura. Where you been, girl? For a total of 28 times. Mm-hmm. More performances than flowers I identified correctly. Oh, sorry. Mm. I'm so sorry, David. But Detour the band has a new song, and it's called Trapped. What a wild time we had in the lounge. Oh, my goodness. But we have to leave. Turns out I'm allergic to chocolate cherries, Alamanda. Oh, no, you have an allergy. <laughs> Excuse me? He has a CCA allergy. <laughs> you know what? It's all the grass. You know, have we... Does she grow grass? Spliff? Has she heard of roses? <laughs> yeah, come on. I can't even keep my windowsill plant alive. I don't mm. know what's going on. I identify with the need of, to have a gardener. That makes my subaku weep. Get your subaku out of my lounge. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the AMOS Live Lounge. Goodbye. Well, we did it, David. I, I knew you didn't think we could, uh, but we did. I'm still not convinced that we could. I knew you didn't think we would, but we had to. <laughs> I definitely feel like I've been poisoned. Really? I may be hallucinating as we speak. I'm not convinced any of this ever happened. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that way because I've had a transcendent experience with this song. I can and tell. I love it more now. I love it more now than I ever loved it ever. I love it deeply, deeply. Truly, if I ever have, well, I'll probably never have a child, but if I have a dog son, another dog son, I might call them Frangipani. What if I got like 49 pets and named each one a different plant? I'd rather you do that than children, 49 children. Yeah, I don't want 49 children, no. Or 49 edible arrangements. Oh my God, 49 pizzas. Ooh, now we're talking. Let's explore this further. This is, this is my pizza. <laughs> a wabaku vabonum. Remember when Little Caesars gave you actually two pizzas? Yes, golden shower tree and golden mm. trumpet tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what we do, head over to patreon.com slash songs of where you can become a supporter today and you get a ton of audio content at a ton of different levels. It's all on our Patreon feed. We have commentary tracks. We have interviews, raw interviews. We have our blooper reels, which are embarrassing and fun. We have a lot of stuff there at a lot of different levels. So please support us today at patreon.com slash songs of If you want to contact us, if you would like to be on a show, if you would like to talk about your love of any of our upcoming songs, please let us know ASAP because things are always filling in and we're we're getting new ideas all the time for everything. So that's songsofterimus at gmail.com. If you want to leave a heartfelt message of encouragement or sexy words of wisdom. Or gardening tips. Or garden tips. That's true. 323-296-9955. Sexy garden tips, please. Only. Reach out there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Songs of Toramus. And I guess what else, David? Listen to our other shows, Never Shut Up and Tour All Night where we're prepping for a major world tour. <laughs> we're going on the road again to the world. Tori might be there too. We wouldn't be there if she wasn't. We only go where she goes. Hang 10, honey. Oh, that's door. Anyway, well, it was fun today, dragging you through the process, dragging <laughs> you through my garden. Dragging me through the soil. I know it's caked under my nails. I'll never be the same. Why did I wear white? I know, that was your first mistake. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say, David, before mm, we sign nope. off? I just want you to, s- the only thing I want that I'm left wanting is for you to slap me across the face open palm and tell me to get out of your garden get out of my oh i just said that get out of my lounge (laughs) get out of my garden you know i still stand behind that meme let me tell you about how i got kicked out it was a series of memes 
Anyway, that's another story. It wasn't for just one day. offense. It was a series of memes. Well, also, I would po- I was posting like famous musicians that have let a pig suckle their breast. Mm-hmm. One, Tori Amos. Two, Tina Turner. And people said I not like that. I thought it was great. And then I wrote famous musicians who have used the word frangipani in a song. One, Tori Amos. I deserved. Uh, yeah, I was a troll. I yes. Well, I have also posted several things in Taff, maybe recently that have not gone over well. Like what? Just like I don't know. Just little quips. <laughs> little, quips. Little, little jokes, little quips. Little quips. That with little deafening silence. Little spliffs. Little spliffs. spliffs. <laughs> they, have, spliffs. they have their place. Don't worry, David. I see you for who you are. You're a walking iris. Mm. You're black magic tea. I'm a fumbling frangipani. If you had to name me one of the plants in the list, what would I be? Good question. I'm going to take Thank this you. very seriously. Would you call me your petting bamboo? Because you're my snow queen hibiscus. <laughs> Let's see, I'm compiling a short list. Pygmy date palm. Oh, cute, because it's got the word pig in it. No, because I imagine it pig like little. Mm, um, <laughs> like a little pig. Great. Natal plum. Because it's got the word natal in it, like I'm a child. Right. Because it's got the word plum in it, because it's like a big round plum. Maybe cat's... A big round plum. Cat's whiskers. Oh, because it's got like a fat cat, David? Clitoria blue pea. Oh, because I'm a big clitoris. Downy okay. jasmine. All right, this is fun. Have a good life. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye, David. <laughs>
Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoryamus.com. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm lost. I'm lost in the sheet music. Why can't you friend read?